Can you hear me? I want you to go to jail. <laughs> Sirius XM. told you that uh, Rob Zombie, the creator of this song, loved when the real William Shatter, not the fake William Shatter, around here we have so many fakes, but, uh, you know, it sounds like all the women who went to bed with me, they had to fake it. So we have a lot of faking going on. But uh, with the real faking. You're used yeah, to it. <laughs> the real William Shatner did a version of this song. Great American Nightmare, and Rob was really tickled by it, and he would love to hear uh, George Takei also do oh. uh, some of it. Since he, his idea was, since William Shatner will not say motherfucker, would Maybe. George be willing? Yeah. yeah. And I said, yeah, George is not uptight. He would he would say motherfucker. <laughs> but, I don't know. But Hello there. This is not George Shatner. That just so happens that my new book, Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder, is available. And this is the Great American the news as i do before the show and once again i can't help but be shocked that donald trump somehow always misses like being ronald reagan like what a great opportunity to have you know said uh you know like all of a sudden he he meets this guy nick fuentes who i'd never heard of before he's evidently like the new david duke and um and kanye was like he he missed the opportunity to like go I would never meet with racists or anti-Semites. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, like you always think there's one opportunity where he could kind of go and do the right thing. But he he's amazing. He always does like the opposite. It's like he you does the opposite Amer of what yeah, you would think. I didn't know you were such an optimist. You I am. I, one of these days he's going to do the right thing. Yeah, like, like by <laughs> accident do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like maybe he would have said like, you know. Jesus Christ, I got a Jewish son-in-law. My wife, my, my daughter is converted to Judaism and my grandchildren are Jewish. Like, hey, maybe he's like, but he's like Bizarro Superman. It's like, if you're a fan of the Superman comics, there was Superman and then Bizarro Superman. And Bizarro <laughs> Superman came from the Bizarro world. It was a dimension that paralleled Earth, but it was the Bizarro world. Everything was backwards and opposite. 
and Bizarro Superman always fucked up. Like where Superman was always great, Bizarro Superman was always like kind of it was like Goofus and Gallant. <laughs> Gallant always did the right thing, and Goofus. So, but like you know, like you, you find yourself with Trump going, "Gee, okay, if he just did this, then maybe someone would think he was being a decent human being." But I don't know. It's really weird how he just goes. He just does everything the opposite of the way a normal person thinks. It's like, you know, even say, hey, you know, I'm going to run for president. Even though I like this guy, Nick Fuentes, I'm going to come out and say, uh, I'm going to denounce him. And people think I'm a good guy. Nope. He goes all in. Like, he's really bizarro. He's bizarro president. But the, even the explanation, once things are, you know, in the press and so I don't know who he is. That's, his, <laughs> That's even I don't bizarre. Know who he is. Yeah. And then everyone, everyone normal, because there's a lot of <laughs> shitheads who like, they, they, they buy into whatever he says. Right. But the normal people go, you don't know who that is? I mean, you've got <laughs> secret service. I don't think they let anyone near you who, you know. First of all, don't meet with Kanye West after he's saying all this weird shit. But I don't know. But but in a bizarro in the bizarro Trump world, he sort of gets it. it just it, it, no one. Everyone's just like, oh, he's Donald Trump. It's OK. For some reason. This is his whole life. He's never been held account for to account for anything. You know, his daddy bailed him out anytime he got into trouble and he doesn't understand responsibility or any of that stuff. He can just walk away. And yeah. we have a group of people who are willing to say, well, you know, he does get votes. In fact, um, what was his? Lindsey Graham said, oh, yeah, he shouldn't have met with those people, but I don't think it'll hurt him politically. Yeah, that's a, he's a real piece of shit, Lindsey Graham. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a special kind of piece of shit. Yeah, he's even, a special piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's really bizarro. But. You know, like you think there'd be a moment where he, even like Trump would go, you know, I could be like the next Ronald Reagan if I just did a couple of things right. Like maybe I'll uh, throw Kanye West and this guy out of Mar-a-Lago. And then like maybe some people will, you know, I'll broaden my base and people think, well, maybe I'm the next Ronald Reagan or something. But it's crazy. He never, he never, he never steps up. He never well, gets it right. Well, you know what's crazy to me? I don't know if you noticed but there were a couple of statements you made yesterday that made news. Really? I didn't know One that. of them being the Trump conversation about, actually, they sort of slanted it more towards the your remarks about Kanye West. And, and I'm not calling him ye or yay or any, uh, you know, syllable he or letter he wants to be. Uh the 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 article was i forget which news source it was from but this one said that you know you couldn't understand how trump was having kanye west and this fuentes guy to his house and this is the worst person you could meet with after you know what he said i don't understand kanye what kind of self-hating black you know it went through all of that mm -hmm. and you know no conclusion just wrote what you said Hmm. And then the and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. They're treating Howard now like everything he says must be reported. <laughs> and so yeah. then I'm looking a little later on and your Oprah comments were in the Daily News feed. And it just went through you saying Oprah should stop flaunting her wealth. You know, I uh, I did see that. I saw the Oprah thing and I got uncomfortable with it because. 
I always feel like when I read that stuff that it's it's sensationalized. Like Howard Stern says Oprah's, you know, right. a, a piece of garbage. It's like a pronouncement which, from Moses or something. Right, right. <laughs> and like what I, I was actually, in my mind anyway, being somewhat complimentary, saying, A, Oprah lost a lot of weight. B, what she does with these girls from um, Africa is pretty great. I well, mean, that I'm trying... came at the very end of the article. Oh, did it? But no. first they ran through all the negative stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, and then like I was just because I I follow Oprah uh, Oprah's feed, and uh, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> I, I I follow Oprah's feed and I'm just like wow, she's really comfortable showing off the palace she lives in. And if I was advising her, I would just say you know maybe you gotta keep it in check because like, dude, I mean uh, people are really hurting out there, and you know it, it's just like but Oprah's it comes not responsible off, for it. Of course. of course, but so anyway, I'm just talking with you and I don't think yeah. it's news. I don't think it's necessarily newsworthy. So I'm always shocked when things are picked up that I say as if I'm somebody important. I mean, I'm, I'm actually what, shocked. I was like, wait a minute. We didn't do anything crazy today. Why is Howard, you know, and I look at <laughs> yeah. these two things. I'm like, wait a minute. He's not the president. Like if Biden said these things, that would be news. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, it's really weird. I don't know when it became like that because, you know, basically this is a comedy show. I'm whatever I'm doing. I'm pushing to be funny for you because I know you're stuck in your car, miserable on your way to work. And I'm like, hey, you know. Let me see if I can. But, you know, like yesterday, I was like, well, let's just do a nice show. It doesn't have to be controversial. It could just be fun. <laughs> and Robin and I, and my plan going into the show is I'll talk to Robin about a bunch of things that are on my mind um, that I basically had, you know, sort of scripted, not scripted, but kind of written down, jotted on a piece of paper what sure, I wanted to talk just about. thoughts. Yeah. But um, and, and, and the guys just handed me this. My Oprah comments were on the front page of the Drudge Report. And I'm like, wow. Well, yeah. And I'm like, wow. I mean, and I'm, I'm thinking, gee, if Oprah ever met me, she'd be like, wow, you really hate me. And I'm like, no, I don't really hate you. I just, I love commenting on, on what you do on your feed. And, but, but that I don't know. That was it's my right. first response. I looked at this article and was like, you know, we we're just talking about trying to get Oprah on the show. And yeah, now here happening. we go. We just slammed the door harder. Yeah. <laughs> If me gently criticizing Oprah's uh, feed is uh, front page news, it's a slow ass news day. I mean, it uh, that, really is. That was the other thing I said. I said to uh, myself, I guess all the other problems of the world have been solved. Now we're down to whether Oprah should show her wealth. <laughs> Howard, there's a website called Mediaite that I follow. It's got to, you know, because it follows like a bunch of media. <laughs> they love they love reporting on pretty much everything you said. Uh, yesterday it was the Howard Stern lambasts Oprah Winfrey for flaunting her wealth on social media. Yeah. Then there was another story. Howard Stern trashes Taylor Swift fans for melting down about ticket fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> did I do that? Did I really do that? I don't think I did. Well, I just you played I, a few people just having a fit over, you know, not being able to get their tickets. What, what I suggested, and I thought it was a good suggestion, is don't be a fan of Taylor Swift. Be a fan of uh, Cy, the guy who did uh, Gangnam <laughs> no Style. No problem getting tickets, yeah. right. The problem is you're you're following someone who's too popular. you gotta, you got to become a fan of obscure bands. But and, these uh, news by the feeds way, 
aren't reporting the jokes. They're no. only reporting. No. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And by the way, I went through all of that to get to the joke, which was, <laughs> hey, follow Psy from Gangnam Style and uh, Lou Bega from Mambo Number no. 5. But what they do is they leave out the joke, the buildup. Yeah. They just report the buildup. Well, no, they, 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 they wrote, they're freaking out. They quoted you. They're freaking out worse than a man on the street in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know what? I do I do see the stuff from media. I, I do like that. I don't know who runs that website, but it is kind of funny. It yeah. is good. Because yeah, you know what they do? They boil everything down to like one or two sentences. You right, don't have to really right. think too hard. Yeah, like, for the, I, for the yeah. go ahead. I was no, going to say, for the, for the Oprah story, they said, they quoted you, there are people struggling out there. <laughs> <laughs> are there? I haven't left my house in three years. I don't know who's doing what. Yeah, how, how do you speak yeah. for those people? You haven't said anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the leader of the struggling. I don't even know what's going on. I said, my wife, I got to go out. I got to go outside, get some oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> happy as a clam. I've never been so stress free. You are a clam. You're happy and you're I am. a clam. You ever see a clam have a heart attack? I don't think so. You, <laughs> you just know close what? that shell. It's too much out there. Uh, for me, it's a godsend. You know, going in every day to the studio and getting, you know, with the with the car and the, the, the checkpoints and security and getting up to the studio and the building and then getting out and blah, 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 blah. I just sit here like a lummox. I, I don't even know what's going on. But the, but you know what it is? The headlines make me uncomfortable. It's yes. like, you know, it's like Howard Stern told Oprah to go fuck herself. You know, I'm like, no, I didn't. And, but, I and, don't care. and, you know, that site is one thing, but when you have the, the daily news tattooed on the top of the story and they're reporting on it. And I think the other thing was in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe people think I'm more important than I am. I must. I think you have to run for president. I think they're setting you up hmm. <laughs> so that you are the most important word on every issue. Yeah, you know what? I would not win the presidency. Here, I, I, here's something for them to write about. Um, <laughs> you know, whenever I go on the air and say I'm going to run for president, they do report on it. And, I, and listen, yeah. I'm, I'm complimented. The fact that anybody cares what I'm saying is amazing. Uh, the, the Daily News, New York Post, media, I, if anybody cares about what I say, I think, uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. But, um, and, and I'm not against it. I'm not even against the sensationalistic, uh, headlines. I, the headlines I'm far, don't I'm for, bother you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I'm thrilled. You know, I'm thrilled somebody cares what I would say at any point. Well, but I the, just the sad think of Oprah is, getting her whole rundown of what was said about her in the news today because yeah. she surely gets it too. <laughs> I think Oprah's got such a great life. She's not even reading about me. I think she, she, she doesn't even hear about this stuff, but that's only a guess. I got to tell you, um, I would not win the presidency of the United States. I am so polarizing. Like I am sure when the Bruce Springsteen interview aired on uh, HBO, there was a portion of the country who gets HBO would say, Howard Stern is so disgusting. I would never watch that. Uh. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, um, I have a horrible, uh, 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 the, especially people who don't know me exactly, who never heard me on the radio, 
people think I'm like Satan. They they think I'm a really bad dude. Like they think I'm worse than Nick Fuentes or something. But uh, I well, I know when I go out into the world, you know, because I know you, you really well. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean old days, back in the yeah. day when you walked around and you saw people. Uh, sometimes people would say, you look familiar, you know, and they couldn't quite place where they knew me from. And then mm. I finally say, well, I'm on the Howard Stern show. <gasps> There'd be a gasp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they would say, you still work for him? Like it was always work for. You still work for him? And I'd say, yeah. And they'd say, why? And mm. I think to myself, do they really think I'm crazy? Like, I would stay at a place I was miserable right. and, uh, you know, I was being tortured. But that's, you know, the reaction sometimes. How we get. Is he really nice? What's he really like? JD just handed me this. This is from Mediaite. <laughs> this is a headline. Quote, Jesus, enough with the queen. Howard Stern fumes over annoying media coverage of the monarch's passing. And I'm like, what? Uh, but it's okay. Go ahead. Have your fun. But, I mean, I'm glad you fumes. care what I say. <laughs> fumes. Do you think I care I that much? That. You don't yeah. fume. Just trying to entertain people in their car. Keep them going in the morning. But uh, anyway, hey, Patricio in New York, good morning. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, how it's going to thank you that uh, I got an award from your advice. You gave me a couple of months ago on, on being on the radio. Uh, yeah, what do you want me to say? I don't understand what you're talking about. Go ahead. Well, I, I called a couple of months ago and um, and and you asked for advice <laughs> on being on the radio. Um, I'm a producer and a host in a public radio station, and you gave me some advice. Then I took that advice to heart. Oh, I hung up Goodbye. on him. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. You imagine that guy's in radio. radio. <laughs> now I'll tell you the secret. I'll tell you why that guy's in public radio. He's a fucking bore. Media ain't gonna fucking ever print one of his headlines. Howard, I took your advice about, about like, 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 he thinks I know what he's talking about. It's boring. It, it, he won an you award. You asked him and, to elaborate and he said the exact same thing. Oh my God. That's why radio is dying. That's the and problem with podcasts. he won an award. What the heck? Who was he competing against? No one. He gave himself an award. He printed it up. That's the problem with podcasts. Now everybody has a microphone, and there's so much of that. There's so much of this boring shit. Like, dude, come on. Right, Howard, I... Hey, Howard, it's me, Patricio. I won an award. I took your advice. Yes, okay. What advice? What are you talking about? What award? Make me drag it out of you, you fuck. <laughs> he, he's like, put me on the witness stand and try to get this story. <laughs> yeah. I can see the headline nine. Howard Stern crushes award-winning public radio DJ's dreams. <laughs> another uh, headline. Another headline. Ride it up, boys. <laughs> Uh, I get a radio newsletter. I was, it, it's funny this guy brought up an award though, because I printed this out last night. This is an article by Joel Denver from my radio newsletter. 
Radio's Got Talent on-air competition launches $10,000 in cash prizes for radio talent and programs. Enter to win by January 19th, 2023. <clears throat> so I'm reading this. I'm, I'm entering it. Why not? Why not? $10,000 is up for grabs in the new Radio's Got Talent competition open to radio talent and programs for the most entertaining radio content. Nuvo Udu Media Services. Nuvo Odu Media <laughs> Services. That's Where a name. are they? What the heck? <laughs> no, what? They're nowhere. <laughs> N-U-V-O-O-D-O-O. Nuvo Du Media Services will use its <laughs> Do they have $10,000? I don't know if you should. I don't know. <laughs> I never heard of these guys. I want to, I want to see the money up front. An accounting, please. <laughs> new, new voodoo, <laughs> poo poo pee pee media services. <laughs> this can't be real, can it? We're going to enter though. Uh, uh, this is from um, the onion, is it not? <laughs> no, no, this is a real radio contest. New voodoo. <laughs> the voodoo, voodoo, the voodoo the you do do you so well. Media services will use its proprietary software systems to have randomly selected paid respondents evaluate all eligible entries for their entertainment value. At least one hundred screened respondents, blah 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 blah, will evaluate each valid submission to reveal what on-air talent listeners like best in each category. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. What are the categories? Categories. The Radio's Got Talent contest is open to radio programs and personalities of multiple formats and experience levels. Have to be 18 then you're years or eligible. Yeah. Must although maybe they don't consider satellite radio radio. That's the only way. Must must be 18 years or older to enter. Well, got that covered. It includes internet radio oh, internet radio talent and shows as well as broadcasts. Okay, so we're there. Easy entering is easy. Got to go to radiosgottalent.com. Upload a one to three minute audio submission of on air bits of an on air bit. <laughs> I got on air bits. I got them we coming got out of my ass. You, you know how sometimes when you hear those uh, nominations at the Emmys, it's several different episodes of the Letterman show. So you could just right. have several different skits and bits nominated for various categories. How do you, uh, on our show, break down one bit, a three minute bit and submit Maybe it? Maybe like radio a phony time. phone call or, yeah. um, let's see, what else? I don't know. You'd have to bit. cut down, you'd have to cut down practically everything. Come on, yeah. Flirty Gary, he's not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's going to win. Gary, um, or what about when Wolfie, Covered uh, Fist Fest with those. Uh, oh, that would be amazing. Monumental. Monumental, well, that job. We would win in two seconds. We'd win every category. How about that? We won every category. Um, What are the categories? Up three-minute audio submission, on-air bit, show break, parody, or running feature that best showcases your talent or show. Each person or show may submit in more than one of ten categories. Hey, hey, a lot of rules. Well, anyway. Oh, it's not a $10,000 prize. It's $1,000 for 10 winners. One person. We'd only get $1,000. No, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to win every category. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> but the <laughs> judges are talking aren't, about? The judges aren't experts. They are basically listeners who sign up for research panels for classic. Even I don't know if I'm going to. Even better. Even better. I was yes. thinking of bailing out. No, 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 no. You don't want those mm. stodgy judges going, oh, it's Howard Stern. Mm. <laughs> Let's not give him an award. All right. Well, I'm going to enter that. Yeah. Start going through the archive. What do we, what do we submit? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to win my thousand. Why not? About time we made some real money around here. <laughs> and you know what? From some outside sources. Yes. Let's bring in some, some cash. Years ago, I was a disc jockey. A hundred years ago, I was a disc jockey in Detroit working by myself. And, uh, they had one of these radio contests, but I entered it because I was a big nobody. It was called the Drake Chenault Radio Contest. Drake Chenault was a big company that syndicated things. And, and I saw radio contest. If you win, we put you on a record album and we send it to all the programming guys in the country. And I was like, well, wait a second. I'm going nowhere fast in this Detroit. I'm at the bottom of the barrel in the ratings. I can't get the fuck out of the bottom. I was in bad shape. I said, I'll enter the Drake Chenault radio contest. And I won. Yeah. And they put they put me on a record. And I was all impressed with myself. And then about three Yay. weeks later, I, I woke up out of my coma realizing nothing had changed. I was still in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> still at the bottom of the barrel. Nobody was calling? Oh, yeah, no. Nobody. Well, maybe, who knows? Maybe that's why I got offered all these other jobs out of Detroit. Yeah. Got my ass You out never of asked them how they knew about you? Was it the Drake Chenault Award? No, the guy we worked for in Washington <laughs> didn't even want to know my name. He hated me. <laughs> I was forced upon him. He hated Ugh. me, this guy. When, uh, when I left Detroit, I went to Washington, D.C., and the guy running the place hated me. Oh, was he annoyed with me? I called him up. I go, uh, I hear you want to hire me. He goes, I'm watching the Super Bowl, asshole. Well, what, you know, well, he didn't say asshole, but he was like, I'm watching the Super Bowl. I'll talk to you after it's over or call me during halftime. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, he really is motivated. He wants me there but real bad. Welcome to the real world. Yeah, this guy was, a, he was a real dick. He was such a dick, this guy in Washington. But, uh, yeah, then I called him after the Super Bowl and. I said, I'd like to work for your radio station. And, uh, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah, I know. They told me about you. All right. Um, how much money are you making? I go, I'm making $50,000 a year. He goes, all right, we'll pay you 40. No, no. He said, <laughs> we'll pay you $30,000. I go, 30? <laughs> Wait a second. I just told you I'm making 50. He goes, <laughs> this eh, what's this? negotiation is going the wrong way. He goes, I know about you. You need the job. You'll, you'll, it'll Ooh. take 30,000. I go, well, how about this? I need forty thousand dollars. I can't fucking. I can't exist on uh, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, I need you can't some... even live in that community yeah. for that kind yeah. of money. I like. I got to get an apartment, dude. I, yeah, you can't have your morning <laughs> man being homeless. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "All right, forty thousand dollars it is." But realize you're not a big shot. There's a lot of other things going on here that are real good that are going to bring us to the top. We have great engineering. We have wonderful sales department. We have uh, imaging. Uh, but he, he started to lay out his plans and I go, and he goes, on a morning show, it can be important, but don't think you're a big shot. I go, all right, I'll get right to work, sir. I'm super motivated. <laughs> he was not nice. Thank you for the opportunity. 
One of the nicest radio guys I ever worked for in this whole world. And maybe he was nice because I only worked for him for like five months. <laughs> but the guy was a gem. A guy's named Wally Clark. So Rick Dees sent me a um, an email the other day. And uh, lo and behold, it was an obituary for Wally Clark, oh. one of the nicest guys I ever worked for. This dude was so nice. It was the first time. I'm working in Hartford. Which is, you know, I, you can't make a dime in Hartford. Making two fifty a week, can't get a raise. And like a bit, you know, I said I never cried on the air. Well, I technically didn't cry on the air till Bruce Springsteen, but dude, I was playing a record in Hartford, and I got down on my knees and prayed to God. Uh-oh. I said, must have been God. <laughs> it was so, things were so bad. I go, I can't get a raise. I've been here a year. $250 a week. I say, God, you got to get me out of Hartford. <gasps> and I got a call. Got a call from uh, Burkhardt Abrams, big shot uh, uh, consultant. They told me about a big job in Ohio. They wanted me to be their morning man in Ohio. And I was like, fuck Ohio. What city in Ohio? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> who cares, right? <laughs> I remember the, yeah, who cares? The program director was a guy named Tom Tuber and, uh, he was a big deal. They had a radio, they had a morning show that had a 51 share. If you could yeah, imagine, that's yeah. unheard it was of. It's a good radio, uh, area. Well, Ohio. they had they five had fucking stations. Yeah. And I'm like, if I go there, I'm only going to fuck things up. I'm 51 <laughs> share. I never heard of such a thing. Well. I need stations that are in the toilet for my act. <laughs> right uh, now, I'm toilet material. Yeah, but all I know is uh, out of the uh, a lot of things happened. But this guy Wally Clark was running a shithole radio station in Detroit, the worst fucking rock station that ever existed. Four rock stations in Detroit. This one's dead last. Zero rating. They had a zero rating. <laughs> They, I think they had like a. I've never seen a zero rating. Well, you want to know what it is? I think they scored about a one, but with the ratings back then, they would tell you you could either be plus or minus one. So zero. theoretically, they were probably a zero. Zero. Like if they yelled out the window, they would literally reach more people. Right. That's the station. And Wally flew in from Detroit. To Hartford said, meet me at the hotel the or restaurant. I don't know, Hartford restaurant. I don't, who knows what the fuck this restaurant was. <laughs> but it was the nicest restaurant in Hartford. We ain't saying much. <laughs> but I remember I put on like a jacket and tie. I went over and met with him. And he's sitting there, man, in a black suit and tie. And he looked like a real radio guy. like, but like, mm. like, like a, Not like one of these bumpkins I was working for. Like a successful uh, radio guy. Yeah, like a guy who would like he he was in Detroit and he'd worked in St. Louis, and he he slid me the napkin with my salary for it was going to be thirty. From, I was going from twelve grand a year. He goes thirty twenty eight thousand dollars. He offered me on the napkin. <laughs> I my head almost exploded when that nap. He slid like no one had ever slid a napkin over to me except right. my mom because I was such a fucking pig when I ate her dinners. Uh, this guy's sliding a napkin. I go, oh, I must have something on my face. I start wiping my face with it. <laughs> While he goes, no, no, no. You're supposed to turn that over. I'm all making you a money. Read it, offer. you silly person. Yeah. Read it, you idiot. <laughs> I mean, who slid me a napkin? I didn't know from this at all. But I was like so impressed when I saw him because he looked like a real radio man. 
like a guy who ran a legit station, not at the toilet bowls that I worked at. Like this was the big time. And he flew in from Detroit just to meet with me. I mean, wow. My head was, I, I, you know, I felt like a success. Sure. I might be important. I wish I still had that napkin. I remember I had spaghetti sauce all over it after I wiped my face. <laughs> By the way, when a guy's making a job offer, don't eat spaghetti. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember seeing it, $28,000. I was like, motherfucker. But I knew like I had read some magazine article that said, if you get an offer, don't accept right away. Right. I go, well, I have to think about it, Mr. Clark. And I like, I would, I just wanted to accept it and get the fuck out of Detroit. I mean, out of Hartford. So I don't know, man. It was weird. Wally Clark. So he's the guy. He, he slipped me the napkin and then I got to Detroit. And things were hopeless. It was the shittiest fucking radio station you ever saw. Dead last in the ratings. I'm like, this is a, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> Where am I? I mean, was this I'm, a step up or <laughs> step sideways? You know, well, you know, when you pull into the parking lot of your new radio station and the other jocks are like looking for jobs, they're like, where did you leave? Is there, are there any opportunities available? When the, when the uh, guys start going, hey, do you think you could make a recommendation to your old job for us? I was like, oh, fuck, we're fucked. <laughs> and while he's looking at me to lift the radio station, and I was no condition to lift that station. But <laughs> in any case, I was there. And then literally, I think maybe three months later, Wally uh, called me into his office and said, uh, look, uh, I'm leaving here. This place is crazy. I'm um, getting oh, the fuck no. out. I go, Wally, you just brought me here. He goes, yeah, I got to get out. He left you there? Uh, yeah, I go, where are you going? He goes, I got a great job in St. Louis. I'm going back there. Uh, you got him running this station, that station, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. I go, you're kidding. But, but nicest guy ever. I said to him, if you're leaving, can you give me 50 grand a year? I'm fucking hurting. I can't even afford to buy a car. He goes, you got it. Here, you're making 50 Aww. grand a year. But he didn't have a job for you in St. Louis. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he didn't. He got out of town. And you know what? I never really saw him again, but I always was like, hey, I was very fond of the guy. He's, and yeah. then I saw later on, he went to California. He was working with Rick Dees, who was a big deal. And I was like, whoa, he's doing very well for himself, Wally. And uh, so I didn't really know him all that well, but he, but when he was there for like the three months that I knew him and worked for him, <laughs> he'd have me over to his house in Gross Point, which was beautiful, and wow. um, he'd have barbecues, you know, and I'd go and hang with his wife, and he, he had, I remember he had a kid, like, uh, what's the kid's name? Like Chucky or something. Not like the, the doll. Not like the doll. Kid. No, he was a nice kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a nice guy. Family man, successful. Made me feel like I was a real radio dude. Yeah. But uh, I remember when he told me he was leaving Detroit, it was like the last chopper out of Saigon. I'm like, dude, <laughs> take me with you. <laughs> you can't leave. I came here because you seemed professional. Now you're leaving. You were Radio's dipped off. prawn. He left you behind. Yeah. <laughs> dipped prawn, they called me. They nicknamed me dipped prawn afterwards. <laughs> the last guy left in Saigon. <laughs> the killing fields. Man, oh, man, it was nuts. What a nutty career. But, uh, yeah, 
But while I was in uh, Detroit, I did make that record or whatever. I entered a radio contest. But anyway, I get back to Wally. Wally died. So Rick D How sent old me. Was Wally? Now, let's see. I got his old bit right. Let's see. Wally Clark, ex-Kiss Los Angeles GM Wally Clark, booster of Howard Stern and Rick D's passes at 84. Oh. Yeah, well, he was a booster of mine. and yeah. Except I only worked with him for a couple of months because he left town. Which I couldn't blame him, but I, I felt abandoned. Died at the age of 84 after suffering a pair of strokes over the last few oh, years. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, and Rick sent me a whole bunch of stories because he went and visited Wally because they, they had a close relationship. And Well, he worked with him more than three months, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so rest in peace. One of my uh, early... Good guys. He was on the good guy list, and I didn't have a lot of good guys in radio backing me up. Most of the general managers I worked for hated me, really despised me. The only general manager that really uh, liked me was uh, Randy Bongarten, mm. but he had to fire me. <laughs> he liked me, but he fired me anyway. Yeah, well, that happens too. Yeah. Tom Chiasano, it turns out, liked us, but I, he yes. writes me all the time. I, I hear from him all the time. Tom, he's a good guy. And uh, but, but those the general managers in the beginning were not too not they were not too nice. As you I know. know we used to hide from that guy in Washington. Oh yeah, remember? Oh, we would we would get under the console so he nothing. Wouldn't see us yeah, as he walked to his office. He scared the fuck out of me. And <laughs> you know, we worked in a radio station that was all glass. There was yeah. no solid walls, and it's hard to hide from a dude when it's solid, <laughs> you know, when it's all glass. There's no That's room right. where you can go. <laughs> this motherfucker would stare me down in the morning. Oh, did he hate me? The guy in Washington. Oh. And then to get out of the studio to get to your office, that was the only other place where you could, like, close the door and not be seen. You'd yeah. have to sneak out, wait till he, he was distracted or on the phone because he'd leave his door mm. open. And so he had a clear shot as to every time we left the studio. Yeah, in Washington, I did a lot of fucked up shit. So this guy kept his door open waiting for me to be <laughs> done with the show so he could scowl at me and yell at me and tell me how many clients we had lost. How many advertisers had bailed. Like, that was fun. Finish a four-hour radio show where I'm trying to elevate the radio station to number one, which I did. And... This fucker is sitting at his desk with a laundry list of things and things I did wrong. Yeah. And he'd bring in the program director. He'd, he'd sit there, the two of them. And I, I try to fucking sneak around the guy's office, but it was all glass. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> like you, a hard job yeah. sneaking and, past him. And I'm six five. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had no moves. There was no way of avoiding this guy. He just said, come in here. Come in here. Oh, okay. Hey, what's going on? And I'd act all innocent like I was a little boy. That was the best approach I could figure out. You, we got a call from McDonald's, uh, from the local shithead car dealer. We got a call from, they're all canceling. <laughs> it, it, oh, that's terrible. But, you know, I'm sure if I could explain to them with my humor and what I'm trying, I get it. I wouldn't let you near them. Oh, my God. Getting yelled at was worse than getting yelled at by my father. My father was pretty brutal. 
the fuck was I thinking doing all this? It's crazy. Nobody appreciated my <laughs> and gifts. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> stop no matter how no. bad it got. Next day I'd go in, I'd be worse. I'd be, I'd say so many fucked up things. The program director is okay. You should mention every high school in Bethesda, you know, in Maryland and win them over. Learn and then the I names. Would learn, learn the, the names, names of the high of schools. High schools. Then I talk about what shitheads these high schools were. I'd memorize all the names. And... <laughs> How horrible high school was is what yeah. uh, high school was the shittiest <laughs> experience. <laughs> what horrible? I said, a bunch of dummies live here. These high schools are horrible. None of you are teaching anything. <laughs> and then you get hauled back in and it'd be like, Frank's pizza, pizza just dropped us based on what you said about the high schools. They go, Oh my God, Frank's pizza dropped us. What the fuck? You mean we're depending on a, pe- a local pizza shop to keep this thing running? Oh. Yeah, every day, every day I'd lose more and more sponsors for them. <laughs> <laughs> what a trip. Oh, it was great to hear about it. I'll never forget that, you know, I forget who the the sales manager was. But one I, day uh, he came running down. Everybody's good. <laughs> Everyone's got they the only sponsor. Left. The only sponsor left is DC Donuts and Bethesda Bagels, <laughs> and they're thinking of dropping us. I'm like, whoa, that's bad. Well, hmm, that's terrible. I mean, what do you say? You feel awful. I did. I right. did feel awful. I wanted to make the money. I wanted to get a raise. I remember I went in for a raise, and the guy looked at me. He goes, "You got You got to be kidding me." He goes, "You lost every fucking sponsor." I go, but dude, you're paying me 40 grand. I'm the number one morning man in Washington, D.C. There's nobody even close. He goes, yeah, well, all right. We're going to give you a contract. I was like, oh, excited. Then I saw the money and I said, boy, I better not sign this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, and then my savior came in WNBC in New York. Oh boy. Oh boy. That was just, this was a warm up for the nightmare facing me in New York. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. These two guys, the two guys walked in. I forget their names. A oh, Bob Sherman and uh, Firavanti. And I go, oh, thank you guys. Oh, I'm having a horrible time here in Washington, D.C. New York is where I'd rather be. <laughs> There was no safe place. There was oh my God. no safe thank place. You, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hadn't even you. moved there yet, and they called me and tried to fire me. I hadn't even been on the air yet. I <laughs> go, <laughs> wait a second. You had already turned in your resignation, and they were trying to fire you before you got there. It was like being an alcoholic. Every time I hit rock bottom, I'd sink deeper. Like, I'd go, <laughs> this is my rock bottom. Detroit is my rock bottom. Radio doesn't get any worse than this. Then I moved to Washington. Oh my God. <laughs> this is horrible. And, and like an addict, I kept staying in radio and I was like, this is horrible. If I could just get out of here. And then they come from New York and I go, finally. All right. Heaven. I get there. Oh my God. The guys in Washington look like amateurs at beating me up compared to the guys in New York. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what I used to say? I say, out of the frying pan and into the toilet bowl. (laughs) That was my big slogan. 
Oh, my God. I went to New York. I go, this is the worst experience ever. I go, each experience is getting worse and worse and worse. Not better and better and better. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like there was a, a really good place in radio. But we kept doing it. Yeah. Not for me. It was bad. I was like, what the fuck is extractive about this business? Nobody's got How your back. How about now, you know, like we used to hide from the general manager at DC 101. At NBC, we hid from everyone. Everyone. There was no one. You hid from the sales department. <laughs> the you engineering from... department. They you hated us. You had to us. work with them. <laughs> <laughs> they would, uh, it, you know... I always thought the working man would be on my side. My fellow union members, the the, the guys in Navit would um, file complaints against me because yeah. I asked them to work too hard. Yeah, I remember I thought, oh, I'm going to New York. My ship has come in. And my ship turned out to be the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? So anyway, we got to enter the radio contest. And rest in peace, Wally Clark. You were very nice yeah. to me. The few months you stayed with me and then abandoned me. <laughs> well, one thing you can say good about when we left Washington and came to New York, we met lovely fellow radio broadcasters like Don Imus. And, oh, uh, yes. Yeah, the guys creme who, de la creme. <laughs> guys who really um, knew, the had been through struggles and, and only embraced And understood, us. yes. And yeah. they were there with open arms to uh, welcome us in. You know what I realize? Like, if I had anything else in the world going on, I would have left radio in a second. But I was so um, uh, empty of any other kind of opportunity or options that I had to stay in. There was, you know, even if I you had like recall. a retail job. Yeah. yeah, You don't recall one day as we were taking that horrible walk down to the subway <laughs> to go to work and we were embattled every day at work we're walking down those stairs where you know we have to put our keys between our fingers to protect ourselves on the subway and you look at me and you say robin we've got to make it we don't know how to do anything else yeah well you did you had a nursing degree i, I was I jealous wasn't of that falling back on that my mind, I woulda. <laughs> I wish. I'm yep, jealous of I that nursing degree. Keep going forward. Uh, okay, let me get a couple of uh, phone calls in. Jessica from New Jersey. Hi, Jessica. Okay, no Jessica. She's out. Oh, hello. Jessica's, oh, Jessica's a very popular oh. name. I remember when I was a Hi. kid. Hi, Jessica. I was saying, hello, hello. when I was a kid, nobody was named Jessica. But I remember hearing the name, like one or two women maybe were named Jessica. And I thought, when I get older, I bet you everyone's going to name their kid Jessica. Because it's such a beautiful name. And sure enough, it came true. Now everyone is named Jessica. There's hardly anybody left that isn't Jessica. Even in show business, there's a ton of Jessicas. Has to be, because... It was such a rare name when I was growing up. You'd hear it and go, wow, that's a great name. And, and the funny uh, thing is, when I, was, when I was growing up, everybody called me Jennifer. Like, it was the, one of the things where I ended up answering to it, which kind of sucked because... Why you know, would I they do that? Name. Why would they call you I Jennifer? I don't know. I think it was just so not popular at the time. 
bunch of imbeciles you're hanging out with. You need yep. new friends. Yeah. <laughs> but good morning. Even Fred, um, you know, Fred you hated his name and he changed his name to Jessica. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> it's Jessica Beal, Jessica Alba, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. They're all Jessicas. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little yeah. older, so I guess that's why. But anyway, what can I, I do for you? Yes. So the Lars interview, I I was never a fan of Metallica. Not that I wasn't a fan. I just really didn't listen to them. I'm more classic rock like Bruce. Oh, my God, the interview with him. Absolutely, absolutely love him. And Billy, of course. So I'm more classic rock. But listening to I Now Want to See Metallica. Like I'll tell you the truth. Whole, wow. I do not lie. That um, Metallica, the, the show I was telling Lars about, I saw when they had that orchestra with them. They had a 70-piece orchestra playing with Metallica. It was, you get whipped into such a frenzy. I pulled my friend's pants off. But Ralph, I pulled his <laughs> pants down. We couldn't, ha- couldn't control ourselves. Was, we, we were acting in a way that it was crazy. His whole asshole was out. I mean, his underwear, everything. You get, you do nutty things. It's so intense, the music. We went berserk. I wanted to jump up on the stage. I didn't know what to do. That's how well, good that's they are. What I loved about him was like you started with like playing tennis, and then you started to like listening to the music and the new song, which was awesome. And then all of a sudden, going into like I'll pick you up at basketball practice, like that was just awesome. Like I just love well, him, and I want to listen to him. I want to go. It wasn't. Him. It wasn't supposed to be a uh, an interview. Lars called and said, "Hey, I want to. You know, would you like if I called up?" And made the announcement that we're doing a world tour because for Metallica fans, that's a big deal. And uh, he said, also, I'd like to debut this new song we worked on over the pandemic. I said, fuck yeah. So it was supposed to be a 10 minute conversation. But with him, you, you start talking and, you know, he's an interesting guy. So, yeah. you know, you, you, nothing is 10 minutes. But I called him after the show to say thank you for, you know, coming on and telling us that stuff. We must have talked another hour. Wow. About awesome. stuff. Yeah, we were on the phone talking. And, well, uh, thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, Jessica, thank you. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people wrote me. I mean, they, 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 I, a lot of people wrote me they liked the new uh, Metallica song. I did, too. It's a two-minute, oh. excuse me, it's a three-minute, 21-second song. And I mentioned that because Metallica songs are legendarily long, but. Uh, they, they said, this is it. This is a Lux, Lux Eterna. And, uh, I thought it was real. That shit. I said, that's great. Like, I hear that riff. It, like, makes me, it makes me want to go fuck a light socket. I don't know. Like, do weird things. Well, you don't know what to do. What do you do now? Yeah, you pull off this. a guy's pants. You pull off a guy's pants and you, and you blow three guys. You don't know what to do. You start doing shit that you don't normally do. Good wow. Uh Here's some of, some of the fans wrote, What an awesome surprise to hear Lars today in general. The album, the tour announcement, Rising on the Cake. Yeah, their, their fans uh, are very loyal. Lars delivered as usual this morning. My only critique is I wish you asked him to make rulings on things like the greatest condiment again. Oh, yeah, that was the greatest conversation when we had the drummer conversation with him. Well, yeah, because the guy's got opinions, you know. You, you, you yeah. can ask him what's the greatest condiment, and he knows. <laughs> Didn't he say ketchup was better than mustard? 
I forget I so. how that went, the condiment. <laughs> yeah. I'm so fucking pumped up for new Metallica and Lars was great as usual. The only thing that could have made me more hyped up was if Jose Mangan from Liquid Metal was there, all hopped up on that metal energy. Like <laughs> yeah, there's a dude who, uh, uh, his name is uh, Jose. He he runs all the metal channels and shit, I think. Dude. And uh, I invited him in one time when Metallica was in. The guy, guy, the guy. You know, he, he, he stuck a toothpick in his dick hole. He didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? We had to calm him down. You know, we were like, you can yeah. hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, we start. We got so amped up, we started peeing in each other's mouth. <laughs> yeah. I fisted myself during the last Metallica show. Uh, all right. Listen anyway. to this. Everybody's yeah. like... That's what I'm saying. When you see this live, you start you, you don't know what to do. You gotta you gotta start pulling people's pants off. <laughs> you really do get nuts. Like you you get nuts. I don't doubt it. <laughs> and they don't stop. You know, this no. you know, they're right into another song. That'll get you even more crazy. It's a, it's a great live show. It truly is. I love music. I love musicians. Uh, good thing I remember uh, Jimi Hendrix played the the Fillmore East on New Year's Eve, and I knew a girl who had tickets. She didn't take me. She took out some guy she met. I was destroyed. I wanted to see this guy so bad. Mm. But maybe it's a good thing, because I get amped up when certain music... I probably would have lit my cock and balls on fire. Would have ruined we my life. We might never have met, right? right. You That's right. That show. You'd have <laughs> lit yourself have, on fire. He's lighting I, his yeah. guitar. You'd have lit yourself. I might have bashed my own brains in by, by hitting my head into the wall. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to sneeze. Give me a sec. <laughs> Was that real? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, what I love is. Is that a I sneeze? love it. Yeah, I love sneezing. I <laughs> that love doesn't it. seem like a sneeze to me. Oh yeah, and my voice gets deeper after I sneeze. It like clears oh, up let's shit. Do that. Yeah. Let's do that. It's unbelievable. One more sneeze and I'll suck I'll sound like this. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> I'm an excellent radio man. My voice gets very deep. I remember I got a job. For a convert to read a commercial, do a voiceover early in my career. And I don't really have a good voice for a voiceover, I don't think, but maybe I do. Who knows? Maybe now I'm a little more relaxed, but back then. Now they let anybody up. do voiceovers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to have back to have then, a good voice. Yeah. yeah. Back then I was like, I talk like this because I get nervous <laughs> and my voice would go out. I'd be like, you know, I try to force it down so I'd sound like a radio announcer. So I got, I got booked for a job and. I remember going in there and I was trying to pull out my nasal hairs right before the session so I'd sneeze and maybe I'd get oh. a deep voice. But oh. I, uh, guy's watching me picking my nose. He goes, what are you doing? I go, nothing. I'm warming up. <laughs> warming up. I just got to gotta leave me alone for five minutes and pick my nose. <laughs> you know, I was praying for a sneeze and I'd be like, Voyage. Take a voyage with Voyage. I'm like, my dude, this is my process. I pick my nose before I do voiceover. They thought I was such a weirdo. It was like a real legit commercial for a record. And uh, they even had like a, a director there, 
of the radio commercial. <laughs> they had a director. They had the guy from the ad agency. They had um, the, the the guy from the record company. Oh, no. Yeah, and I'm standing there. And they like my voice because what I did was I took all my old air checks. And whenever my voice was deep after I sneezed, I recorded it. So they thought I had a real <laughs> deep voice. And I walk in and I'm like, excuse me, you know. And I turn my back. I'm trying to pull out some nose hair so I'll get deep. <laughs> no fucking sneeze. And then I go, take a voyage with Voyage. <laughs> and they're like, what? Oh, my God. They go, you don't, are you sure that was your tape? The guy says to me. <laughs> I go, yes, yes, very much so. Let me, can you get a little deeper like what you sound on your tape? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> take a voyage with voyage. <laughs> First of all, asshole, it's take a voyage with voyage. Okay, got it. Take a voyage with voyage. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking aired the commercial. I guess they didn't have a lot of money. I guess they could only do it once. I remember hearing it. I tuned in. I heard it. The commercial it was a it was a, a group of um, three ladies, like uh, black ladies. So they they aired the commercial on WBLS, the black station in New York. Really? And I remember hearing it. I was like, I turned it on. Uh, Take a voyage with voyage. <laughs> so bad. And I even heard it on WNEWFM. And, uh, oh man, nobody called me again. Nobody. Yeah, they were lining up after that, huh? <laughs> no, no. Nobody <laughs> wanted to hear from me again. That was my last big commercial. Take a voyage with Voyage. Voyage. Jam it, nose hair. real with one commercial on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I never let anyone hear that commercial. I didn't use it on any reel. So fucking bad. Yeah, Dan in New Jersey, what up? Good morning, Howard. Uh, yeah, the chat with Lars was amazing. Um, and Lars. Lars is my man. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. How about Lars? A little embarrassed. He's hobnobbing with uh, Matthew McConaughey. He didn't want to drop name drop, but I said Lars. But he did. He name dropped. And well, we uh, pulled it out of him. We pulled it out of him. He wouldn't let that's, him off the hook. <laughs> that's what I love about Lars. He was keeping it real. I love that man, and um, uh, I love Metallica, and I'm happy they, you know, happy Lars came on, made the big announcement. What can I say? That's it. End of sentence. Uh, Howard, when you were talking to Springsteen, uh, it, amazing, man. I'm still high off of that interview. Um, he was talking about being elbow to elbow with Mick Jagger. And Paul McCartney, he looked around and said, oh, my gosh, I'm actually with these guys. you got to think that, that you've reached that pinnacle, that you're at the top of your career, that you actually interviewed these guys. You know, you interviewed Springsteen, you interviewed Jagger, you interviewed McCartney like he's uh, like nobody else. Oh, the great thing about that story for me is that, you know, you think uh, Bruce Springsteen, he must be jaded and everything. Like, he's done so much. He's had so many hit songs. He's had, he's made so much money. I mean, he, he, he wrote, his catalog is enormous. And then he's like, like the rest of us, he's going, shit, I can't believe I earned my way onto stage here with Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney. Because Bruce knows, what, what, man, Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney, when we were kids, was... You couldn't imagine ever being in a room with them. They were the biggest thing on the planet. Not to our parents, but to us kids. Exactly. And when 
And I love that moment when Bruce said that, man, forget it. I mean, Bruce was so fucking keeping it real in that interview. That's why I was so desperate to get that thing on HBO. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, maybe you just heard it. Watch it on uh, HBO, of course, our app or whatever. But uh, I looked over at HBO Max last night. Yeah. And right there under just added was oh, no the, the little thumbnail of uh, the interview. That and then I me. clicked on it. I mean, I got excited just seeing that. I was like, oh, there it is. And, you know, I hate to uh, say it. I think what? I'm going to click on it and watch it. I did. I, <laughs> yeah, but but I, I sat there and stared at it for a while because I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because uh, it's the very uh, first thing. <laughs> and And it says new and uh so i clicked on it and it starts off with bruce coming into the studio and you know and then you go man i'm starstruck and bruce just starts giggling and i i mean the smile that broke out of my face not because i knew that was happening or it was just the experience of watching him be so exuberant and joyful i got lifted up well, what I liked is that Lars was saying he got a lot out of the interview, too. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I got to say, my fantasy was that other musicians would hear it and be turned on by it. And 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 he really he really listened to it and knew everything. Oh, my Bruce goodness. Said. His and, analysis uh, of, you know, the things that stuck with him was uh, really riveting yesterday when he was talking about uh, watching Bruce. And he says and he would close his eyes. And he would feel for the truth at the moment in the song. Like, he's done these songs, but he's there working it out. You could see the wheels turning, and he's delivering this performance. Yeah, I love that uh, it's on with a broader audience. Look at this. I didn't know this. The interview was on HBO from 7.40 to 10 p.m. last night. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But they're going to play it over and over again, and it's on demand there in the HBO Max app and here at Sirius. I love that. So lots of people will be able to see it. And it is. It's just, I mean, Bruce is awesome. I'll never. And then I watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And there's Bruce singing with uh, John Mellencamp. And I'm like, I'll never look at him the same way again. He'll always be different to me now. Yeah. Well, Bruce said to me. If somebody, hold on, Dan, I just wanted to say this one thought. He said, you know, if somebody wants to know about me and who I am, I, I tell them to watch that interview. That was the ultimate compliment. So I love Absolutely. that. Yeah. What is it, Dan? It's nice segue. 40 years almost to listen to you. You got the negative Nimrods out there, but nobody does it like you, man. And you pulled Thanks, down man. the biggest names and the interviews are, uh, interviews are unbelievable. Thanks for everything. All right. Thanks, Dan. It's nice to hear some guys. Oh, my God. Whenever they, um, my, some places on the internet, where was I reading? They were, you know, where they've cut, they say you can leave comments under the, uh, article. Right. I don't know if it was like Daily Mail or something. Shit, you get the shit knocked out of you because some guy goes, fuck Stern, he's some rich asshole. And I went, oh shit, there's a lot of negativity out there. Look, and you're not the- even flaunting your wealth. They, it, you can't, you can't hide from it. 
And I'm like, and then I get angry. I start arguing in my head. I go, rich asshole. I grew up in a sewer. And that's what and, Oprah says when she hears you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I grew yeah. up in the, in the bowels of humanity. All my point on Oprah was is that, <laughs> look, there's a lot of jealousy out there when Oprah, Oprah's got a setup like nobody. I'm telling you, maybe if you were the Queen of England, you'd have a setup like that. And I'm just saying, you know, maybe you should be a little self-conscious about it. That's my point. I don't know you why say no. Oprah should be normal uh, or uh, like everybody else or try to I don't know. fit in. It's the same why thing bother? when I... <laughs> Same thing when I watch Beverly Hills Housewives. These ladies have a lot of wealth and they're flaunting it. And I'm like, you know, I love it because they're assholes and they have no self-awareness. They don't they're completely oblivious that the people watching this are going, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, look at this shit and uh, and making other people feel bad. That's what I love about the show. They're complete nincompoops. They're not <laughs> half a nincompoop. They're complete nincompoops, and I love them. I mean, they're they're just there, as uh, Andy Cohn said, they're my whack pack. And uh, he's right. They're like whack pack. They're like rich whack packers. But uh, that's all I'm saying. But uh, evidently, my comments are very important. So there you go. Yeah, you better um, be careful what you say, because it'll be written yeah. down and put yeah. in the permanent record. I'm sure already I've said something stupid, so who cares? <laughs> um, there's a bunch of people wrote me about me talking about uh, my pets and talking to my pets. I talk to my cats. I told Robin yesterday I, I do it. Um, yeah, you know, Beth likes it. She starts yelling at me. You didn't say good morning to Pebble. And I go, good morning, Pebble. <laughs> Hi, Walter. This woman wrote, Howard, don't be embarrassed. My father-in-law was a decorated Marine and former NYPD, and he would exclusively speak in a baby voice to his pet poodle. No one dared fuck with him about it. Oh, that's good. Uh, Howard, I talk to my cats all the time. I feel it's soothing for them to hear a human voice. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, talking to your pets is totally normal. I remember hearing Robin talk to her beloved horse, Blaze, when you guys visited him at his stable in Manhattan. Yeah, she sounded so sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. You sure did. You, I mean, the way you talked to that horse, you would have thought you were married to that horse. <laughs> Talking to Blaze, never talk that way to me. Gotcha. <laughs> Blaze uh, was sweet. Uh, rest in peace, Blaze. Blaze passed away in 2007, Robin, as you know. Yes. And, Sad uh, day. Some fans enjoyed seeing me on Morning Joe. I enjoyed doing that. Um. People I told impressed. you that was that was the next HBO special. <laughs> you yeah. being interviewed by Joe and Willie. <laughs> keep it going. Uh, wonderful segment, Howard. I couldn't believe how much time they gave you. It was great for you all. Yeah, yeah. We we sat and talked Bruce Springsteen for over an hour. Your conversation with Joe and Willie was awesome. The greatest morning personalities together on one show was so enjoyable. You all have a deep appreciation of music, and the chemistry was great. They were starstruck when they saw you. Please get them on your show. Okay. 
Willie's story um, about his wife being an intern. That was nice. Yep. The interview, by the way, the interview was the morning after the horrible Walmart mass shooting. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with all these. Uh, Fred Gutenberg, who lost his 14-year-old daughter, Jamie, in the Parkland school shooting back in 2018, tweeted that my appearance helped soothe him. I was honored that he would didn't, say didn't. this. I said that to you. I said, I'm so glad that you were there and they kept you that long because the news is just horrible. And we, you know, it was a great conversation about something positive. Listen to what this guy wrote. This is the guy who lost his daughter, which there is no worse yeah. thing in the world to have happen to you. This has been a horrible morning because of gun violence. That said, I just took the past hour to watch Howard Stern interviewed on Morning Joe by Joe Scarborough and Willie Geist. Thank you for the amazing interview. You can't imagine how much I needed that and how much I appreciate you. And then there's a, a very nice. Um, I'm glad that I was able to do that. I have no idea how. Um, Howard and Bruce on HBO Max. A lot of fans pouring in with all kind of excitement about that. Even though I heard this Bruce Springsteen interview by Howard when it happened last month, I'm still mesmerized watching it on HBO Max. It's iconic. And um, watching Howard's interview with Bruce Springsteen, I was crying so hard my husband came out from his office because he could hear me. Bruce was explaining the meaning of tough, the meaning of tougher than the rest. Mm. Uh, the song I walked down the aisle two on my wedding day and i lost it so yeah how do you like that all right what's this guy trying to say you know and i said well he's in a bar you know there's somebody here he's interested in uh you're thinking hey i'm not anything that special but i last <laughs> you know when when the chips are down i'm there that's who I'm writing about. So I got. It's Saturday night. You're all dressed up in blue. I've been watching you a while. Maybe you've been watching me too. So somebody ran out. Left somebody's heart in a mess. I can't even describe to you, first of all, I still get the goosebumps and the chills when he sings that and tells the story. And I got to tell you something. I am having such a weird thing. Like, I, I'm like, oh, man, I was in the room with him when he was doing this. And uh, I don't. I, it's like I think I have a wish or desire to be able to put myself back in that room and relive it because it was so fucking awesome uh it was so incredible to be listening to him when he goes like to me he goes so i'm thinking all i got is this and then he starts playing it and uh you know like like he, he, bruce springsteen sitting in that room with me it was like a high like i can't even tell you and i wish i could go back and experience it again you know what i mean like like right. just relive it Oh, yeah, to get back into that feeling, sure, mm -hmm. Yeah, as it was actually happening. There's a commercial on TV. They don't show it that much. It's with Joe Montana, the yeah. quarterback, and he actually...
actually talks about, you know, because you're always saying they should ban football and get rid of it and people shouldn't be doing it. He talks about what it's like when you get that ball, it's down to you and the wire. If you don't make this pass, you don't win this game, he said, and then you connect with the receiver and you go. He said it's the greatest feeling in the world and he wishes everyone could have it yeah that's how i felt about bruce yeah uh, i got the highest praise uh whack packer asian pete loved the bruce what? interview i didn't i didn't he know he understood was out there the interview. Totally yeah. awesome. <laughs> he had a whole conversation with wolfie about it and uh, i'll just play a clip of wow. some of the things he had to say and i was really honored i hear you you even if you put fish fear. No, even if you incredible. You can make a good Pete, what's your favorite Bruce what? Springsteen song? <laughs> my, my favorite song is Bruce's USA. Born in the USA? Yes. Sing me a couple notes from Born in the USA. Born in the USA. Born in the USA. Yeah, Asian P loved uh, Bruce Springsteen. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you, you know, it's funny. I said to Asian P, can we play a game with you? Because, you know, you have an, an interesting accent. Um, I don't know what and, that is. I don't know that that's an accent. <laughs> you don't think that's an accent? Um, Asian Pete, if you don't know who he is, he's uh, not only is he a huge uh, fan of the show, but... Uh, we met him in 2009 during our uh, World Saddest Virgin Contest. Believe it or not, Pete was a virgin. And uh, remember, I was uh, really taken with the guy when I was interviewing. I'm going to talk to Peter first. Your name is Peter Lee, right? Yes. All right, Peter. Now, uh, you say you had a girlfriend. Is that correct? Yes. All right. What are, what are you? What are you, Japanese? Chinese. You're Chinese. And you live in this country your whole life? Yes. Now, you have an odd way of speaking. Uh, what's the affliction here? This is a, Do you have a speech impediment of some sort? Yes. Yes. What? It, what how would you what describe is it? it? What is that? <laughs> uh, I guess baby, what? What are you speak? You got to speak English. I am. Oh, are you speaking Chinese? No. <laughs> All right. All right. He really is a sweet guy. He's the sweetest He's a sweet kid heart. ever. Yeah, he is. Hard working too. Works his ass off. Has many jobs, but. Uh, Anyway, I know he's a huge fan of the NFL. I said, uh, Pete, let me see how good Robin is at understanding you because you have a really NFL? hard time. NFL. Yeah, I said here. I'll I just name these teams. And I'll see if Robin can understand what you're saying. Uh, All right. Which NFL? I'll play a clip. Which? Come on, Robin. It's time for the Asian Pete game. Uh, which NFL team is Asian Pete attempting to say, Robin? Put on your thinking cap. Now, I. by the way, I played this last you night. You really have to listen. Yeah. I'm pretty good with him, but I only got two right. So oh, you could be two. Yeah, you could, <laughs> yeah, I only got two of these. But here's... Here is uh, Pete attempting to say some NFL team. Right. Go ahead. Wait a minute. Say say that again. <laughs> why why again? Uh, you didn't get it. All right, here we go. <sighs> One more makes, time. All right. It makes you feel Can any you better. Slow it down. Maybe I no. could learn. <laughs> no. Uh, believe me, Asian Pete. He makes JD sound like Morgan Freeman. So you. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, by the way, I got this one wrong. All right. 
I know. I what I heard was I heard, and you probably you do too, the Tennessee pickles, but uh, that was wrong. I, saw, I heard burlesque and tickle. <laughs> burlesque and tickle. That was a good one. Is that your final uh, answer? But no, come on, give me an NFL no. team. Listen one more time. Come on. Tickles. Ah. You got a guess? No, I don't. Uh, it's the. Shame on you. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, well, now that you say it, I could right. I could work that out. <laughs> uh, you, then you're better than me. I still don't hear it. <laughs> no, I don't. All right. I don't have right. it. <laughs> well, that's why this is a good game. All right. So far, you, you were doing terribly, but it's understandable. All right. Which NFL team is Asian Pete attempting to say right now? Cowboys, Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. That's the one I got right. All right, good. All right, here's another one. Wait a minute. Got to play that one again. All right, here we go again, Rob. One more time. All right, Rob, one more time. Doesn't help. <laughs> it still sounds the sit, same. We could sit here all morning. <laughs> you know, when I tell you what it is, you're gonna you're gonna say, "Oh, okay, I get it." But uh, you ready? It's yeah. the Detroit Lions. Listen. No, it was not. No, no listen. Listen. You'll hear Detroit Lions. Listen. Detroit <laughs> Oh. Yeah. See, you when know, I tell you, this is crazy because yeah. I can hear it much more clearly after I know what it is. I thought he said Billy Eilish. But then you, when you hear it, it's the... Uh... All right, I'll give you another one because I'd like to see you at least get one more ride. This is the toughest game. This is yes. the toughest game. This one I think you will get. I think this is the other one I got. But uh, give it a shot. What is Asian Pete saying? Eagles. Is that the Philadelphia Eagles? That's the one I got. That's the second one I got. So they Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Alright, here's another one you won't get. <laughs> You're not gonna wait get a that. minute, do it do it again. Alright. Oh Crazy. Indianapolis Colts. Very good. Wow, that is correct. Indianapolis Colts. Look at you. All right, you got two right, which uh, ties me. Three. Three right. No, you got the first one wrong. You got two right, I think. I got the the Indianapolis Colts, the Philadelphia Eagles, and one other. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what a, you did? Oh. Yeah. You beat me. Dallas That's what Cowboys. I was trying to do. Now I can relax. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're anything you get now is gravy. <laughs> this one I don't think you'll get. Wait a minute, you got to stop the horns while I'm trying right. to hear. Wait a minute, one more time. I don't have this one. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, very hard. I ain't get that one. Uh, All right, here, try this one. Las Vegas Raiders. 
The Los Angeles Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, but I'll accept. Oh, they're in Vegas, Vegas now? Vegas. I don't yeah, know you where know the Raiders that. are. You know the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. Stop. Do you know the Raiders moved to Las Vegas? Obviously. <laughs> You're looking at the Las piece of paper. Vegas. <laughs> Not with you. All right, here's your last one. Wait a minute. Good luck. San Francisco 49ers. Look at you. That's I'm right. It, you I know what it sounds like prize. to me? Run for the hill 49ers. <laughs> but I got yeah. the 49ers. That's amazing. I, I only got two. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this guy is. I thought he said the rain Fallujah bananas. <laughs> rain Fallujah You hear it? Rain Fallujah bananas. Rain bananas. But I go, I don't think you there's don't a football team. You hear for the hills? <laughs> no, I hear rain. Fa- Listen carefully. Rain Fallujah bananas. Rain bananas. I still see rain for the hills. <laughs> really? All right. <laughs> Fun game. Don't steal that. You national we're syndicators. We're coming out with the home edition yeah. for yeah. the holidays. You think about game shows like, remember when Howie hosted uh, the one where you just open up a briefcase and, yeah. and if you if you get the money, you get the money. I mean, the Asian Pete game at least requires some skill. Why should it be so hard? Why do you have to fill in the blanks? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, there's my... Uh, I'll just say hi to Michael Rappaport. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Howard. How you doing? All right. Then I got to take a break. Um, How are you, my friend? I'm good. What's up? Um, Everything's good. You know, I was just, uh, uh, you know, just so impressed. You know, I'm not even a great Bruce Springsteen fan, but to watch that interview and to listen to the interview and then to see it all in the beautiful backdrop and the HBO logo. I mean, it's absolutely 100% Emmy Award-winning material. Uh, But I just have a question, um, and and you're basking, as you should, because I I was blown away by the interview and the whole thing. And and I'm just, I have a question. I wasn't going to ask, but I'm pondering, like, what do we have next? Like, I'm sure that your crack staff... Uh, your lead <laughs> producer, Boofy, uh, Green Tooth Gary. Like, maybe do we have something lined up for like the holidays? Like, maybe like, you know, the holidays with Tom Hanks, or maybe we're doing like, you know, Christmas with Leonardo DiCaprio, or. I don't know. We're going to listen. First of all, as I've said before, I'm just wondering. We don't, Mike, we don't, sir, in all seriousness, we don't want to get into a situation where it's like, oh, who do you top this guy with? Who do you top that guy with? You know? You can't get into that. These are just conversations. And it's not necessarily like, you know, this, it ain't always about the biggest name in the business. Nope. Sometimes it's about someone who's just an interesting person with an interesting story to tell. So we don't look at it like, you know, who's the next or how do you top this or that? It's too, it puts too much pressure. But Mike, it puts too much pressure on the guest. It puts. You're never going to get another Bruce Springsteen situation. So what no, I'm, I'm it's, asking it's, it's, what, well, we've ahead, had some ahead. conversations. We've heard from many great people who want to go on the show. And, and, and honestly, uh, 
we've heard from some great people. So, yes, there are great people coming up who we can have good conversations with. But okay, uh, the so I'm sure I'm sure your crack staff and your lead producer have something lined up. So maybe we announce yes. it today because we're riding high. And, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just I'm calling as a paying customer. I'm not calling. No, no, I understand. There will be. There, let me let me put it to you this way. There are a lot of interviews coming up. Uh, there are a lot of people. But also, I um, have a policy around here. There's a lot of days I don't want to interview someone because I just like yeah. having conversation with robin or uh there's things i want to do and i need time to uh stretch out so we got a plan don't worry about it i you i want you well, to you relax just stick I, with the show you just stick with the show and superlatives I, I, will happen I hang on. and mike uh, mike you I were one of the best before. guests you were before bruce Springsteen. you too you came in you spanked richard christie so hard on his ass and popped those pimples on his ass people loved it and and that's why, and that's why, because I did that, and, and I mean, my wife, if you think she was happy about that, and I have nieces <laughs> and nephews that, that have been affected by that and are being teased at school, and that's why, just as a customer, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming uh, 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 the crack staff. Well, of course. Bob it's going to work out for uh, you, Michael. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. And, and Howard, can I just ask a follow-up question to that? Yeah, sure. If you let's just assume we're winning the Emmy, and when I say we, I mean you, the staff, we, the fans. Would you go up there? Would you bring Boofy on stage <clears throat> to accept the Emmy? Because <clears throat> no. the thing that I'm afraid of, the thing that I'm afraid of happening, is that obviously you've trained this monkey. Um, you've given him like a, a proper name. Uh, uh, he, he drives to and from work. He's, he's sort of, uh, uh, you know, he, he's made himself a part of the community. But being amongst all those people at the Emmy Awards, who's to say that's not the time where it, it snaps and, and it starts attacking people going after you first? You mean he climbs up on top of the Empire State Building and starts grabbing planes? Or is it and, the and, guy, and, the, and, the and kind of animal that rips the face off of someone <laughs> who's yeah, trying to ask a question? No, Gary did a Michael. Michael, listen. let me just say one thing. I just want to put All this right. in your head. Unfortunately, the first plane he's going to grab is you, Howard. He's going to go after you. He's going to rip that beautiful mane of hair right off your fucking head. <laughs> and then who's to say what's going to happen after that? All right, Michael, listen, uh, thank you uh, for the call. Howard, I appreciate it. Can I, have a good, can I just what, say, yes. I just yeah. want to say to Michael, like, but like Howard's right, Michael, like we're always working. But, you know, it, it, it runs a gamut. We have guests are like Bruce we? Springsteen, and we have guests like you. So it's a real grab bag. No, no. Are we, are we working? Are we working, Boofy? Are we working? He's working. He's working. Obviously, he's, working. Come he's on. working. Knock it off. All right, Michael. Michael Rappaport. <clears throat> he's a you know, Michael. all those times we laughed at Gary when he said he was networking, <clears throat> he really was. Absolutely, he's always networking, <laughs> and uh, and what and, and, and Gary can come to the enemies. Uh, to the, I mean, the Emmys, the enemies, <laughs> the enemies, the, the enemies. <laughs> Gary can come to the enemies, and he will behave. He will not rip off like a uh, Blake Shelton's face Gary. when he wins his Emmy for The Voice, and uh, you know, and Gary! eat it. But Howard, you um, realize something yeah. that's interesting. Should you guys get the Emmy for this, which I think is very possible, I think that's the E. For Bruce Springsteen's EGOT. 
I think that's the last piece he needs. Well, he's got the Oscar. He's got I, the Grammy. He's got a Tony. Tony. I never win awards. Nobody gives me awards. I'm Don't uh, too say Howard. <coughs> Howard, too I controversial. feel the tide turning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that boat is finally swinging around in the ocean. Yes. Well, if I ever win one of those Emmys, <laughs> if I win one of those Emmys, I'm going to be like, um, thank you. And then walk off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you see those guys? That's cool. That's like a cool move, you know. Uh, no, nah, I'd probably take all oh. my time. I'll, no, I'll have you, to say. you can't just say thank you. You have to thank, thank Bruce. You. Thank you, my mistress. Of course. course. Thank you. You got to do the thing. And, oh. and John Landau. Zaz. Zaz. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Greg. And Jennifer. Greg Maffei. Yeah. 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 The whole gang. Scott Greenstein. Oh, my God. Absolutely. If I don't think Scott, he'll, he'll have a heart attack. You can't go back into that building ever again. <laughs> Our entire staff. That's right. Who, as, as as Lars was making point, I really do mean it. Those guys always have my back. We have a great crew here, and and uh, the sound always... is pristine. One of the reasons you could just take that to HBO. And by was the way, that the engineering is so good. And I wanted to say also, if I do get an Emmy, I will wear it around my neck like Flavor Flav wears a clock. Because, really? That's um, going to take a big chain, Howard. That thing yeah, looks heavy. I'm going to get a big chain and walk around with it. <laughs> it yo, won't yo, be yo, yo, yo. In, a, in a garage in a kit, No, I'm not giving it to my mother. I'm not throwing it in a bathroom. I'm going to wear Miami around my neck. And I'll be like, <laughs> people will see me go, oh, you wear your Emmy. Yeah, I made it into you, jewelry. You have an Emmy. That's right. Uh, by the way, Michael Rappaport, I gotta, I gotta say this, and then I do have to take a break because the show's almost over for Christ's sake. I, um, Michael Rappaport is the commissioner. My staff has a fantasy football league. And I was thinking about this, and the guys put this together because Michael's always threatening to fuck the other league members in the ass. Mm-hmm. Like he gets very uh, homoerotic when he's playing fantasy football. Like this is crazy. Like he get, he's gonna fuck them in the ass. He's gonna he's very homoerotic. And uh, listen, this is just a little montage. I'll never fucking forget. You tried to fucking kick me out of this league, and what happened today? I stuffed that fucking asshole. I opened that fucking balloon knot. That's me spitting on it. Okay, but I'm coming, and I'm coming hard, and I'm coming in you. And I'm coming to fuck JD, you fucking little worm. I'm one of the people he's mad at because I have a guy in the IR spot that he thinks shouldn't be there. So I was like, Michael, spank me, punish me. I deserve. I miss Richard, using the IR. Thank you. I'll spank you. I'll have my way with you intimately. I've asked for intimate private time with you, my friend. You, you're not scaring me up. I want to get intimate with you, my friend. I seen Let's your little shit. Yo, oh, thank you, Daddy. I want another. Thank you, Daddy. I'll take another. Oh, see, I'm going to be a good fantasy football boy. I'm going to be, I'm going to follow the rules. Sir. Are you going to follow the rules? I will follow you the sick rules. Fuck. Sir. I'm going to beat that ah. ass. I'm telling you. I, now that's fantasy football. Yeah, that's how you play. I mean, I've watched uh, gay porn that's straighter than this. I mean. But anyway, you know, a lot of football. Especially these announcers make it very sexual, and and this is true. This is um. It's not just this fantasy football team. 
No, here's a clip of Fox announcer Robert Smith from a game last month. Here you go. It was a nice pickup, and where do you want to go on a play like this? Sticking that thing in there to his big tight end. Really? You know I mean, yeah. Very homoerotic. Wow. Yeah. And that's that not an isolated. <laughs> that's on TV. That's not an isolated incident. I, here's a montage of other football broadcasters as they talk erotically about football. Or there was a massive hole there, and you saw Walker pounding his fist, facing four Cowboys with no protection. As I said before, Zimmer has a nice package. We'll see what happens. And he saw that gaping hole, but he couldn't quite push through. But it looked harder than it appeared. I'd love to see him. Get six inches, even with a sneak or a, a belly play. Yeah, those inches make all the difference, don't they? They do. Yeah, get it in there. Get it in there. <laughs> Messy pocket going deep. He may be short, but he's thick. <laughs> His ability to suck in these balls. Yeah, just huge. To get penetration and to get the pressure that they needed. There it is. Up in there. Go play with it. Rip it out. And then he wants to pull it out late. He waits a little too long. Henry's kind of tugging on it. And his momentum's going forward. You've got to make that decision earlier. Look at him getting through this hole and just... Oh! 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 oh. You see what I mean? That's amazing. I, and I never thought about it that way. Even the legend now, Michaels, occasionally makes a play sound sexual, if, uh, if I may present the evidence. Lenore could not bring him down, and Tyler Higby too much, too big of a load. This is uh, That wasn't Joe Buck. Michaels, Al Michaels. That was Joe Buck. Was it? Yeah. Let me see. Rodgers did not play a snap. That's Michaels. Yeah, yeah. This is Al Michaels. Sorry, that was Joe Buck. Rodgers did not play a snap. Inside handoff here and a gaping hole exploited by David <laughs> Montgomery. Uh, here's Joe Ow. Buck. Well, never mind that. Here's Joe Buck's announcing partner and former Cowboys quarterback Troy Aikman. Listen to him getting a... Let's put a spy on Dak Prescott. He starts to come and then he pulls out and he's, his eyes are just locked. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. And when they use the word coming, they make it sound very dirty. Well, no wonder it. these guys love football so much. There's so much yeah. sex in it. <laughs> yeah, well, here's a montage of guys saying coming. You'll see what I mean. You have to like when there's a guy coming right in your face and he just sits in there and, and delivers it uh, really well. Yep. How about if you get a little taste of Landon Dickerson coming right down your throat? John Franklin Myers comes inside and there's the blow. Beautiful touch right here, and especially with somebody coming right in his face. And what you saw was Freeman just basically sitting back there waiting for him to come. IU comes inside of him. He came like he was shot out of a cannon. Oh boy! I don't want to. I don't want to hear anybody making fun of me about the bachelor being gay ever again. I mean, football's very, very gay, very homoerotic. Um, Richard was all turned on by this, and, and a bunch of the guys called an internet sports show to see. How homoerotic we could make football sound. The guy didn't like it. All right. He didn't like it. It didn't last too long, but it was worth a try. All right. Let's get into it. Well, I got somebody on my line. This is a, a first, you know, first. Um, I had you all come across the show. 
Oh, I come across the show because I was looking for some man-on-man action. You know, talking football. What you want to talk about? Uh, Chiefs versus Jaguars. Man, that game was crazy. I've never seen so many guys coming at each other all at once. Uh, It looked like they all came at the same time. Did you see that? Um, I wasn't really even expecting the um, Jaguars to pull that out. Well, I didn't either. I thought they were just going to stick it in hard and come inside, not pull out and explode all over their backside, you know? All right. So, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, they can put you out at any time. They sure can. They can put your face down in the pillow and penetrate your backside so deep that their balls will be hitting the back of your teeth. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not really talking about, I don't really have context there or deal, deal with those things because, you know, but their defense has really gotten better over the last, I'm going to say, three seasons. They've gotten better. Oh, um, a lot better, yeah. Did you see how defensive tackle Chris Jones pounded Trevor Lawrence fast and hard? Hey, man. Um, w- w- I mean, he really w- got up in his guts, and nobody hits the hole better than him. It was amazing gap penetration. I, I, I'm not in. I can't really. Um, um, I, I expect the Chiefs um, to do great things in the AFC. Now we just had Buffalo. They fell off. Look at them. Yeah, I saw that yesterday, too. You know, Buffalo, they hopped on. They thought they were going to yeah. take it all up the backside and hey. ride it hard to victory, but it was just too much girth and penetration for them. I don't, I don't really have um, anything. Um. Well, you got anything else for me before we um, get off of here, man? I'm actually watching a replay of yesterday's Chiefs game, if you want to listen in with me, and we can both get off on some manly football. Please um, don't. There's the blow. Hey, man. Josh Bynes has been coming all night long. Um. How about if you get a little taste of Landon Dickerson coming right down your throat? He's going for every inch. Um. Fucking, fucking hard. <laughs> man, I don't know what's going on with us, man, you know, here in America. But anyway, have a good day. Good music. Like that. Anyway, there you go, Robin. Uh, very sexual. Now I'm going to not be able to listen to football games no. anymore. Michael, I got to go take a break. What's up? No, I, you know, the thing is, uh, uh, Howard, is that it just, you just proved it with the clips. I've just been talking football, talking right. football with the guys, and these guys are taking it to a whole other place, a whole other level. I'm a married straight guy, and I've been accused of all sorts of stuff by these guys, and the innuendos, it's, it's kind of filthy. It's disgusting, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good day, Michael. Michael's a character. <laughs> Spitting in guys' balloon knots. Right. He's the one bringing all the sexual into your yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. Eddie, when he was alive, of course, said Unchained was one of the few songs he could listen back to and it would still give him goosebumps. He loved his song. David Lee Roth wrote the lyrics. And originally titled the song Hit the Ground Running. It was not called Unchained. And um, that famous line, you know, where he goes, uh, one break coming up. The producer 
was off mic saying, come on, Dave, give me a break. And then Dave goes, one break coming up. That's how that line came about. <laughs> See, these are great stories. I'm telling you, I'm Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem, you were mm. channeling him. Yeah. I well, shouldn't really like start. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Casey Kasem made a mean buck in this business doing those fucking <laughs> countdown shows and just giving you the facts on these songs. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. Hey, Steve, you're the Eddie Van Halen dude. You're the uh, expert. I think Wolfgang is an excellent guitar player. When I saw him doing, where was it? It was at the Foo Fighters tribute to Taylor Hawkins, I believe. If I got that wrong, you tell me. Yeah, they did two of them. There was one in uh, Wembley in London and then one in L.A. And he was just fucking incredible on guitar. Like, so amazing. He nails every... Like, he, he nailed what Eddie did, but he didn't do it note for note. Like, he played in the way that Eddie would play live, which is not note for note with the record. Yeah, because I remember when Wolfgang took over for Michael Anthony playing bass uh, in Van Halen, and I was like, this is crazy. Why would they do that? But, they, and you know, I was thinking, oh, this kid can't play, but he can play. He can play his ass off. And, and you're right. He didn't do it note for note, but, uh, it was, it was like very Eddie Van Halen. It was a perfect tribute to his dad. The kids got massive talent. Cause that's um, like the way Eddie would do, especially when he opened, uh, for Hot for Teacher on the, on the record for the start of Hot for Teacher, Eddie does a pick slide, which is like a. <laughs> But what Eddie would always do live and what Wolfgang did live was this little trick where he goes before he went into the riff. And I was like, oh, that is just so perfect. The, the way Wait, Slow down for a good. second. I want to understand what you're saying here because I'm, I'm a little slow on this shit. So what are you saying that Eddie did? And then what did Wolfgang do? So on the record, Eddie does this pick slide thing for Hot for Teacher where he goes... <laughs> To start it, but when Eddie played live, he wouldn't play everything just the exact same way he did on the record. So he would throw in all kinds of different things, like the squeal thing, like, or this other thing where he goes, and like that's what Wolfgang nailed, like the spirit of Eddie, where it's not like note for note of the record. It's like you're having fun with it and playing around with it in that way. Look at you. So you liked it because you said, yeah, it's in the spirit. Of Eddie Van Halen, but he did it in a different way that was uniquely Wolfgang. Completely. Yeah. And he nailed it. And also Wolfgang is working on a, a line of guitars right now through EVH, which is so fucking cool. He's designing his own guitar. It's like the Wolfgang guitar that his father designed, but it's a semi hollow kind of um, almost like a Gibson. Like, you know what Dave Grohl plays the Gibson ES335? It's like the big semi hollow thing. Yeah. Wolfgang's got his own version of that he's coming out with. They're road testing it on the tour right now, and I think he's going to release it through EVH at some point, and I am just fucking psyched for that. It looks so cool. Wow. You know a lot of shit, man. Are you, are you a better guitarist than Wolfgang, or is Wolfgang better than you? <laughs> no, Wolfgang is amazing. I, I'm just, you know, I, I do my nonsense. I'm pretty good, but Wolfgang is insanely incredible, great musician, amazing songwriter. His band rules. So awesome. Do you, do you, you know, you're pretty good with that thing and, and you build your own guitars. Do you, let me, do you ever come up with your own original riffs? 
Yeah, I got this one riff I love right now. Uh, hold on, I got to switch guitars real quick. I'll show you, but it's fucking... Who's he, right, Bruce just, Springsteen? Wait exactly. a minute, I'm going to switch guitars. <laughs> switch guitars. <laughs> Different tuning, man. By the way, this interview with Steve Nowicki will be on HBO Minimal, not Max. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean, now? what guitar is that? So this is a Telecaster that I built. It has... Uh, I got to rip some of the painter's tape off of it because I'm, I'm doing a paint job on it later today. I'm, I'm putting black stripes on the sides of it. But this is a Telecaster I built. I have it in this really weird, cool kind of a tuning, and it has microtonal frets on it, which means in between the regular frets of like, there's these little microtonal frets where it sounds like sort of out of tune, but if you do it, it's, it's sort of a, Eastern music kind of thing, like. That sounds good to me. Let's see if I could come up with some lyrics for this. Let Wait me hear minute, one of your original that riffs. That he, yeah, okay. That was just me fucking around, but this is the riff I, right. I was working on the other day. Come on, man. Did I you think hear my you vocals? guys should go right to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Forget yeah. anything else. Just go right to the Rock Hall of Fame. How did I do, Nowicki? <laughs> I, uh, I really did justice to your music. You really I'm did. The missing, yeah, you I'm the missing component. You came up with a band name, I think it was earlier this year, Tookus. And I'm like, I really want to yeah. start a band with you called Tookus. You're the lead singer. <laughs> I, I think we'd be awesome. And you get Tuchus. some superstars on drums. You got Richard on you drums. Gotta, you got to say it right. It's Tookus. song smell my tuckus Nose in deep and smell. 
clockwork good. <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Shit, did you just hear that? Smell my tuchus. Get your nose in deep. You won't regret the smell is sweet. That's the kind of lyric I write. That's how You're I roll. You're going back to those old uh, blues numbers uh, yeah. to find I only, inspiration, aren't you? I only write when I have something to say. And I smell my tuchus <laughs> is exactly what I want to sell. I want yeah, the audience see, I installed- to know. I installed this pickup on the guitar. It's a sustainer pickup, which basically yeah. it creates feedback within the guitar. It's so fucking yeah. cool. Check this out. Oh, wait. You remind me of Tom Morello with all these inventions. That's it. That's it. Oh, yeah, it's not on. Here you go. <laughs> See, there's the bridge to my song, uh, Smell My Tuchus. Yeah. Uh, my lyric is, it's dark, it's dirty, it's tuchus, and you can do that. Let's go to the bridge. Here we go. It's... It's dirty. It's tough. Yeah, that's the sound. <laughs> Smell my tough. You're hearing a band at work. Oh, yeah. We're working on a new song right here in front of the audience. Smell my tough. Part the hairs. You're going to puke, but I don't care. Smell my tough. Now, uh, <laughs> I do. I have the lyric deep in my dirty hole. It's rock and roll. Let's like go. A song, that's, a song that's just all verses. It never gets to a yeah. chorus. Just, yeah, no chorus. I never write a chorus. No chorus in my band. Not in Tuka. That's, that's the signature of yeah. Tuka sound. Yeah, no hooks. That's it. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Remember the Beatles documentary uh, when when Paul was writing "Get Back on the Fly." This is kind of how I roll. I'm inspired. <laughs> I like to get in the studio and just write. All right, Steve, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm open to this idea of tuchus. But you I know, like Howard, usually you have to tour with a band. Yeah, well, we're not doing that. We're like the Beatles. <laughs> we just work in the studio, and then people That's buy right, our record. That's your studio band. The only way yeah. to experience you. Hey, don't be practicing that guitar too much. You're supposed to be writing jokes and shit. That's but that's and why we didn't have on the voices. Uh, what are you doing? I, I, I read Steve I out today. I said, man, where's the Trump uh, impersonator talking to Kanye West? He goes, oh, maybe next week. I go, dude, less guitar, more Trump. Get out of here now. We'll have it. We'll have, I promise. All right. <laughs> quickly. Fuck you, guy. I get a hold of him this morning. I go, Trump and Kanye West met. Let's go. Where are they? Next week, he says. I go, next week. You know what? You keep talking like that, you're going to end up playing guitar full time. <laughs> Mr. Guitar, he's building guitars. No time you for know, that. You know, I was reading about that Fuentes guy. Apparently, yeah. he is like mixed Hispanic and and white, I guess. Yeah. And he when identifies you... as white. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm like, who said you could do that? Yeah. When did the rules change to be a white supremacist <laughs> that you could be Hispanic and be a white supremacist? <laughs> That's what I I don't know what the fuck is going on in this world. <laughs> Yeah, my name's Maybe Nick Fuentes. Slipped. Yeah, I'm like, well, wait, there were no uh, pure white people to take over the Klan or whatever the fucking organization he's with? 
Let me see him go to a Klan rally and tell those guys, uh, yeah, my name's Fuentes, but I identify as white. I'm white, yes. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess Kanye West identifies as white too because he's hanging out with white supremacists. Well, if that's all it takes, why don't we all identify as white? Yeah. (laughs) Stop all this race stuff. Yeah, we're all white. We're all white. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. Shit, I thought I was going to lose some weight this morning. I, uh, I'm up about seven pounds and I'm, I got to get down seven pounds because my daughter's getting married this summer and she told me her wedding's going to be black tie. And I got a, um, I bought a tux from John Barbados, uh, several years ago. I'm going to say, Geez, how many years I got that thing? But it's nice. I mean, it looks sharp. But I was uh, Still lighter looks when good. I looks good. It's not outdated. Well, I don't. No, it's definitely not outdated. His shit is not outdated. But uh, I got to be able to fix it. I got to be able to fit in it. Well, it sounds so, like you're still eating. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, I went for my walk. I walk a minimum of three miles a day. That's number one. I can't run anymore. When I used to run, forget about it. I I wouldn't gain any weight. I was ripped, but I can't run anymore. Bunch of reasons. Crazy reasons. I go for a run. Next day, it hurts when I pee. When I, when I take a, 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 a urination. What are you running on? <laughs> I don't know. I stopped. I used, it used to burn when I pee. I thought I had a fucking, um, uh, STD or something that burned so much. So. Wow. I stopped running and went away. And then the doctor told me you, you probably when you run, you get a little bit of blood in your urine. I said, Are you Shit. drinking enough? I can't drink a lot because if I drink a lot, I got an enlarged prostate and I got to pee. Jeez, I sound like an old man at Thanksgiving. <laughs> JD was talking to me. He had Thanksgiving. He said he went back to Ohio. He said uh-huh. everyone there was old and complaining about <laughs> shit and talking about that. They were shaking their medicines at him. Oh, boy. Yeah, you had a fucked up uh, Thanksgiving, huh, JD? Everyone was just talking about their medical conditions. Uh, listen, I, I was yes, it wasn't. Listen, it was very fun. It was nice to see family and all, but yeah, every every a lot of uh, people are are getting older, and you hear about what's going on in their lives and uh, showing off pills and saying, you know, this is what you have to look forward to. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, well, it was fun. It was, I got friends who take pills. It's fucking crazy. I mean, I'm only on one pill right now. And, uh, that's pretty good for a dude my age. I got, right? I bet you these people are around my age, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think everyone. Yeah. Um, I take yeah. a uh, cholesterol pill, which is a kick in my fucking teeth because nobody eats better than me. I don't eat any of that shit. And, uh, you got high cholesterol even still. It, it's not high. It was, listen, when I ran, it was always super low. Like they, I'd go to the doctor and go, man, you got, you, you, you got like the, you got zero cholesterol. You know, like you're crazy, man. You're so healthy. I stopped running. Everything started to fall apart. Running is the key, you know? You just it just flushes shit out, but uh, I can't do it anymore. And I'm well, jealous when I, I see I, some I, of these young guys running around. I I went to the track the other day and yeah. I see this guy running, and I'm like, I used to run like that. This is bullshit. I mean, you should have seen the shape this guy was in. And I'm walking with my Beth, and I'm thinking she's probably looking at that guy's ass. 
That's guy, but, that guy's got to take my wife. Because <laughs> I'm looking at his ass going, look at that nice ass. And I'm like going, uh, I wish I had that. And I used to have something decent. But she wasn't actually looking at his ass. I, I, I kept my eye on her. Yeah. she didn't, yeah. Her eyes didn't stray. Well, she seems to have only eyes for me. Well, that's so. good. Yeah. Thank God. I don't believe her, but it, it does seem that way. But uh, she's a good actress. <laughs> so I said to Beth, "I gotta, I gotta lose seven pounds so I fit into this thing." And seven pounds said, well, will keep you out of the John Vervedo's tux. I, this thing I bought when I was working on America's Got Talent, uh, and I was thin, Robin. I mean, I was like a pencil thin dude, and uh, man, and I went out. I did the stupidest thing that you can do when you lose weight. I got down to a bizarrely low weight, <laughs> and I and I go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. That's when you bought the fortune. new wardrobe. Yeah, that is the dumbest fucking move a man can make because it's not a realistic weight. You know what I mean? And, yeah, you've uh, gone beyond where you should be. I got so crazy. I brought in a tailor. I made everything tight and nice form. I said, "Shit, I look good. I'm going to show it off. I'm going to show my body off." And that lasted not that long. And now you but, got all um, these clothes. Now I got the clothes, so I got to keep my weight down. And I notice now, because I don't run, even when I lose the weight, I still got the belly. You know well, what I mean? Well, that's the problem. If you don't have the same muscle mass. That's right. When you lose the weight, you're not as thin. So I was working out with my trainer. Weight. Yeah. I, I got back with my trainer, Pat. And I said, he says, you know, it looks like you put some muscle on. I know. I, I go, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's under the fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that big fat samurai cat that George Takei That's played right. in the movies. I heard this story yesterday. Yeah. So now I cut down on my calories. In the morning, I still eat my same breakfast, which is minimum. I sit to myself like this. I can't eat less for breakfast. I'll be miserable. I love my yogurt. And it's a nice yogurt with a, I put a handful. When I say a handful, I don't mean a pile. I mean like maybe five fucking cashews. You mean fit in inside my, the palm of your hands. You're yeah, not yeah, folding yeah. it. Nothing can be spilled over. Right. Okay. And I, I take those. I put cashews one handful, pistachios one handful, one, like maybe seven blueberries <laughs> and my Metamucil, of course. You know, I love it. I got to be on Metamucil. <laughs> Dr. Agus put me on the Metamucil, and uh, I have that. It's nice. And I have a cup of hot water with it. Don't even, I mean, give me a break. Water. <laughs> like I'm in jail. <laughs> and now at lunch, yesterday I had egg salad. But when I say egg salad, I don't mean anything. In I just chopped up some eggs. And this much egg salad with a couple of pieces of lettuce. And uh, last night for dinner, what, what I told making Beth. Making it a salad. That's right. I'm calling it egg salad. Like if I call it something fancy, it'll taste better. And then I, at dinner, I don't eat till dinner. And at dinner, I made a new rule. I told Beth, I do not have more than one plate. In other words, I put a few things on my plate and that's it. We're done. Were you going no dessert. For seconds, uh, my friend? Yes. Yes, I was. Uh -huh. And yep. And then I used to for dessert, I'd go crazy and either have Seven grapes or an apple. <laughs> Never more than seven. And I, my weight's going up and up and up. So I walk every day. I'm doing the Peloton three days a week. I do a minimum half hour Peloton because that gets my heart rate up. And then, uh, 
And then I do the weight training three days a week, but I can't get the fucking seven pounds off it. I got I got till the it's summer to do moving. it. It's not moving. It's not moving at all. Not shifting. I got the titties. I got a belly. Don't even look at my ass. And um, Mike Perlman's well, been. You, you know, might Mike have Perlman. To give up those nuts. Titties. Fuck! Come on! I love the nut. <laughs> One handful. Mike no, Perlman's the most. Just the Metamucil. <laughs> oh come on come on come over here mike perlman is uh he's the most buff dude on our staff and he right. has advice for me but what am i gonna do well, I, I, you're what not you... gonna be able to keep up with his routine i can't because i know he lifts the weights when i go and lift the weights more than a couple of pounds the back of my head hurts so bad the next day uh -huh. this is a fucked up i mean i'm a mess I told Beth she better some start. Of this is psychological. Now you've okay. got it into your head that well, every exercise hurts. I don't know. I don't know what's when I'm doing the exercise. It doesn't hurt. It's afterwards. That's why I say it's psychological. Mm. I don't know. But you know why it's not psychological? Because it goes away if I stop. Mike, what's your advice? <laughs> How can I get buff? How am I going to handle this? He claims he's got advice. He wants to tell you how to do this. Mike yeah. will be on in a second, Howard. He's running to a, my to a place to broadcast from. Oh. Yeah. Mr. Who's running? See, he's running right now. When you guys put a, a note up that says Mike Perlman has weight loss advice for me, he should be on Mike. You know, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but. Well, yes, you are. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to tell you how to do your job. Don't put up a note till the guy's on the mic. Uh, Howard, I thought it was painfully obvious that we were setting up Mike behind the scenes, but to everyone. Painfully but Mike, obvious? How is it obvious to me? What? Not it to says, you, not to you, to him, to Mike. You should have known. They were saying, we're calling for him. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for you guys to call me down. Mr. Bagel. Hey, Mike. What's up, Howard? You better be on Mike. Your name is Mike. You should be on Mike if it says <laughs> Mike Perlman has advice for me. Well, we got to was... wait for you. Who the fuck are you? I'm waiting for you. I know. I'm sorry. I had to run down from upstairs. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's why I do. What is your advice? You are buff. Well, listen, if you if you're having trouble with the weights, why don't you just do calisthenics? Have you done that? Have you done push-ups? You want to know why? Yeah, you want to know why? Well, I used to do more pull-ups than you. How many pull-ups do you do? I can do a lot. I'll do like you intervals too. of 20. Oh, you got more than me, but I used to do intervals of 14. I was in fucking shape. I start doing those pull-ups now. You ain't my age. The back of my head hurts so bad the next day, I got to take 50 fucking Advil. I can't even turn my head. The so, whole thing's falling apart. So everything hurts. And you don't stretch either, right? I stretch. Oh, you do? Now okay. I do. My All boy right. Pat put me on the stretch. Yeah, and he's trying to get me to stand up straight, too. Stretching's important at this point because, like, you yeah. know, it, 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 does, it does help you, you know, when you, when you do work out. You know what you should do, Howard? You should do, like, a, um, like a workout where you do, like, you jump rope for 30 seconds then do I can't do pulls. that. Like you do every other. You do calisthenics to cardio. Calisthenics to cardio. Nah, back forth. You don't what? understand. You're a young guy. How old are you? 35. Yeah. Okay, dude. Just when wait. I was, <laughs> dude, you have no fucking idea. Get in a time machine and add 35 to that 35. You'll see. You ain't going to be doing any calisthenics. You ain't going to be jumping up and down on a rope. What do you get tired I used to, You know what I used to do? What? Here's what I do. I get off the air. I could I could run rings around you. I used to be able to, and I was in my 50s. I would go for a six-mile run, hit the gym with Marco Battaglia, yeah. an NFL player. Yeah, I know Marco. And, yeah, you know him. 
And I would do, I would lift for an hour, take a shower. Well, I would shower at home. I didn't want to see my penis. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, in other words, that's after doing a, a four-hour radio show every day. Yeah. And I ran and I lifted. And dude, one newspaper got a picture of me with my shirt off. They said I had a six-pack. But then I, when I hit a certain age, I go up on the pull-up bar. The next day, I thought my head was going to fall off. Then I, I go to do my push-ups. Bam. Same thing. You know what it might be? It might be you just have to get through that, that first, nah, that first no little person. I'm telling you, I tried. Then I tried yoga. Okay. The lady came over. She couldn't believe it. I couldn't lay on my back flat. My head hurts so bad. Yeah. I'm a mess. Can you touch your toes? What? Can you touch your toes? <laughs> I'm talking about flexibility. Like you said, you mentioned yoga. Yeah, I think I can. Yeah, I can yeah. touch those. Let's see. I mean, I, well, I thought that's a long way down for you. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. I put a little bend in those knees. Is that okay? Do I have to have my knees perfectly straight? No, I can't touch my toes either. Yeah. It's, it's it's tough, but you know what? You know what? I, I'm I, not Jane Fonda. It's not important. I, I mean, it is important. You know what happens to me sometimes, too? Like, I'm taking a shower, and I close my eyes because I don't want to get the shampoo in my eyes. I start to, I feel like I'm going to tip over. I'm telling you. You tip all, over? Yeah, I don't tip over, but I <laughs> I got to hold. I'm soon they're going to have to put one of those railings in my shower. Yeah, you're going to have bars yeah. all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's a drag. I don't know, but I got to lose seven pounds before my daughter's wedding. But listen, that, well, wasn't, that wasn't so far. Like, how, how how long ago was that when you were doing all that stuff at Marco Patagula? Uh, that was... Uh, Oh shit, man! You talking maybe ten years ago? And she was in this past ten years that did a lot on you. Oh yeah. I was gonna ask you, Howard. Though, did a lot of this stuff happen during the pandemic? Like the demise no, and the no. falling off I, of being able to lift weights and all that. Some of it, but it started happening before you hit a certain yeah. age. You know, Robin. You know, you're not fucking around either. How are you? No, I don't do what I used to do. No. Yeah, we well, should see what your Pat thinks about your friend Pat thinks about doing like the uh, the cardio to the pull ups, you know, jump roll. Yeah, he thinks he can do it. That's what he no, thinks. Pat Pat knows <laughs> why Pat is an excellent trainer. He knows what I'm capable of. Right. He knows he'll take me right out of the game. He can, listen. You know how I'm doing push ups now. You're gonna laugh. Oh, you, you know the um, you know the bar for uh, squatting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just put my hands on the bar for squatting. You and don't I just even kinda, get on the floor? I don't even do girl push-ups. I do <laughs> child push-ups. I feel like you're more capable, though, dude. I am. But I see guys your age. They, they don't look half as, as in fit as you. They what? They don't look half as good as you. They don't look half as fit. Like They, they just like they got back problems. They can't do this. They can't do that. Yeah. You seem like you're a little bit more, you know, like, you know, you, don't, you haven't reached that point yet. That's just no, what it seems to me. It's all smoke and mirrors, my friend. Is it? Yeah. Damn it. Then what are you going to do, Howard? I mean, he has no know. advice for you, obviously. Well, he's got good advice. If I was, if I could get in a time machine and go back twenty. But I said years. What if, for you. What if you just? What if you did what I told for you now? What if you did what I what what I recommended? But you do it at your own pace, like you know. I'm do, doing it three days a week. I lift. You don't look bad, though, dude. Yeah, I look okay, but you I got to get rid of the, the suit. He wants to get into. Yeah, I got to get into this suit because I don't want to buy a new one. I love this suit. And I, you know what? I only wore that suit once in my life because I never had anything to go for for a tux. And I'll look, you know, I'll look halfway human when I walk my daughter down the aisle. Right. You, you know, my, one of my other daughters is married. I walked her down. I saw the fucking wedding pictures. I almost fucking threw up. 
Oh, I was like, man, I'm surprised they didn't lock me in a cage. <laughs> I look like a monster. Oh, the worst pictures you ever saw. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. And I don't think it's the photographers because everybody else looks normal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling you, Mike. It's a mess. Yeah, no, it's, easy, it's not. It's take not, it easy. Listen, a lot of guys uh, have a lot of guys have it worse than you at your age, though. You know, hey, even on the you <laughs> he could can't see wear it on that the, down the aisle, Mike. I know you could see on the uh, Springsteen interview. I didn't look that good, but I said, "Fuck it, that's such a good interview. I'm I'm going to go to HBO with it." But believe me, you think I needed all of America seeing me looking like that? Hair yeah. all disheveled. My oh, fucking so. outfit was all wrong. It looked like I got the shoulders of a <laughs> of a of an old lady. You got a cool look, man. You coming on to me? Because <laughs> I'll take you down hard. <laughs> Howard, did you ever do the perfect push-up? You ever get those things? What are those? It's like a it's like a thing that you hold on to. Yeah, I got them. You got those yeah. are great. Put too. them on the floor. I yeah. used to do all that, Mike. Yeah, I did it all. But you know the stuff you are doing. If your diet was right, my diet you is would right. Though. Lose weight and build muscle. I think my diet is right, though. Um, I don't know. A lot of sugar. I don't know. I thought Mike Perlman could help me, but um, at our door is uh, uh, Mike Perlman, who can help me. Go ahead, Mike. Ah. Hey, how you doing, Howard? Yeah, how you doing, Mike? Hey, no, we're pretty good. The problem is, you know, you're not eating enough of the lean and clean. You know, you want to start your day, uh, you know, light, maybe start with like 28 egg whites. Have a couple boiled turkeys in the morning. Boiled maybe a little flounder. Yeah. <laughs> have a couple flounder, your know, salad, maybe sometimes. Mike, uh, Mike, who gave me advice I couldn't use. What do you think of Mike, who is giving me advice who can use? What do you think of what he's saying that I should have 28 eggs and three boiled turkeys? <laughs> hey, listen, I mean, if that's, if you want to bulk up, you should eat like that. Yeah. I mean, when you look back at like, you know, Howard, like, like 2003, 2004, <laughs> like you could get back in that shape if you were lean and clean. You know, like the, I look at like I saw a picture the other day from 03 and it's Ronnie wearing the turtleneck shirt and everything, you know, <laughs> Ronnie with the silly turtleneck. And how, how would look good back then, you know? I think you could get back to that, you know, a couple protein shakes. 5, Mike, would you mind talking uh, to uh, Mike at the door here? Because when I hear the two of you guys together, it's like a fucking symphony. Go ahead and respond to that. Yeah, so I think what, what, what he's saying is right. I mean, Howard, you yeah. always maintain a good physique. What you should do, maybe, if you want to put on a little bit more muscle, have a little bit more, ca you know, intake a little bit more calories. Mm. Um, you say more calories. I'd okay. say maybe a little bit more calories, and then you'll turn it into muscle. If, you, if you're lifting heavy, yeah. you need the calories if you're going to be lifting. Well, uh, Mike could probably speak to this, too. Like, you know, most importantly, you just want to get a nice pump going, you know, get to the gym, maybe do some bench press, flat bench, some flies, some dumbbells, <laughs> some cables, some rows, lap rows. Sounds like you're doing everything. Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike would agree with that. You know, that with some calisthenics would be good. You agree with that, Mike? I do. I do. He's, 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 probably, he's right on. Yeah, right yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. I'm making a protein <laughs> shake, Mikey. You want, you want some? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's in that protein shake? You want to get like a good calorie count, like nine thousand calories. I got I got eighteen scoops of this uh, X two protein. You know, it's good for recovery. It's good for carbohydrates. 
And, and, I, listen, and I, also do a, I also do a pre-workout, too. I take a... Uh, a pre-workout? Yeah, yeah. I, I use this stuff called Lit, and it's like a... Uh, it gives you a nice pump. You just drink it as you work out. You know, every, between each set, you drink it, and it gives you, like, a nice pump before you uh, before you lift, you know? What's yeah, in nice that? Pump. Uh, to be honest with you, Robin, I don't know, but I know that it, 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 it fucking works. <laughs> um... Mike, what gyms are you going to for biceps? I try to go to Gold's for biceps. I try to go to Planet Fitness for the triceps. I go to I for yeah. biceps. I go to well, I go to one gym for everything, so I don't really go to different gyms for uh, yeah. for each body part. But you should start going. Maybe like you know, LA Fitness has got the good machines for like the anterior deltoid and you know, posterior deltoid and all that. I'm too, I am thinking of getting a new you know going to a new gym that has more machines though. Because you know what happens? I go to a gym and it's packed. You go at 4 or 5 o'clock, it's packed at night. So, you know, I want to go to a gym that's bigger, has more machines. that You just kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah that messes up your flow, right? right? Yeah, if you can't go up. right to the next exercise. Right. Yeah. I wonder if Ronnie, like, goes to a gym. Like, you ever think about that? Like, you know, with his tattoo, that right, salamander right. tattoo. Right. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, anyway, thank you, Mike Perlman and yeah. Mike Perlman um, impersonator. How's that? You got yeah, it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bagel. Right. It's the body, the bullet hole. It turns me on. Anyway, yeah, I got to lose some weight. You know, you speak about weight. I was telling you about this uh, thing Wolfie did, the buffet. Holy mackerel of people are eating. And I'm telling you, I really, I eat a very... You're not having this party, right? That the no. buffet people are having. You know, and I know I'm walking three months. You know, walking ain't anything. In fact, my wife says I walk really slow, but I'm trying really? to walk You've a little bit. Really? You've even slowed down walking? I guess, you know, because I don't know. I'm a mess. But last week was Thanksgiving. That's a holiday where people gorge themselves. I did eat a lot on Thanksgiving, though. I, I, I did because I had dessert. I had two desserts. I had the uh, apple pie with a little bit of ice cream. <laughs> and that's bad. That was bad. And yeah, but it's uh, one day, Howard. You're one not day. doing that every day. Yeah. But anyway, we sent Wolfie to a buffet in Pennsylvania which claims to be the largest buffet in the United States, which is amazing. Wolfie said the buffet was 200 feet long. What? And had every, yeah, 200 feet. Think about that. Was it crazy, Wolfie? 200 feet of buffet? I've never seen that much food in my life. It, it, it looks like a football field. It just goes on and on forever. And every possible type of food you could imagine from I'll give you some of them. Maybe you could fill in the rest. Cajun catfish to pierogies to barbecue ribs to New York strip steaks. And you know what happens. These people who go, they want to beat the system. Even my I mean, my parents used to go to a Chinese buffet. Or as my mother says, buffet. <laughs> Your father and I went to the Chinese buffet. Yeah, the Chinese buffet. Uh, you guys, it's a buffet. Yeah, that's what she said, buffet. I said buffet. <laughs> My mother, she she used to correct me all the time. When I correct her, she's never wrong. Little Miss can't be wrong. But, uh, yeah, they used to go to China. My father was disgusted by it. He was like, I go and I eat one plate. In other words, I go up, I make one slip. I'll have maybe 
one uh, order of chicken chow mein with an egg roll, and that's what fits on my plate, and that's what I eat. These people have to go up two, three, four, five times. They get a cling plate each time. They're insane. They're eating like a tuchus. And you should see the tuchus on these guys. <laughs> I mean, a tuchus and a bayach like you wouldn't believe. Some bayach on these guys. You see what they're eating. And they make trips to the bathroom, too. You can see it. I mean, those two yentas would go. And, of course, this my parents... This was entertainment for them. They wouldn't go to a show. they go to the buffet and watch the people. That's why I'm a nervous... My parents used to sit at the table and criticize people. I mean, just <laughs> even when we were home and criticize all my friends, all, my, all, my, all the parents of my friends. That was their sport. And I just thought, that's what you do. So anything about me you think is fucked up, don't blame me. Blame them. <laughs> if I'm sitting and talking about Oprah showing off too much, it's, I learned this from my parents. Are you fucking kidding me? Don't blame me for any deformities I might have. This, I mean, those two would go to the Chinese buffet and it would knock you out. I mean, it was just a full report. They took in everything. And we don't even, they have so many desserts. You could go crazy. You could have ice cream and pineapples. Your father will have a piece of pineapple, that's it. But I don't go crazy. Of course not. <laughs> they um, sound like a couple that really knew how to have a good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they would go and they would talk about the fat and how horrible it was. <laughs> and they, you know what it is? They act like it's their last meal. That's what I said. <laughs> they go... And whatever it is they pay, they think they're beating the system by eating. That's Why right. are your parents there since they don't want a buffet? We go, we treat it like any other restaurant. We take <laughs> a portion and we're not causes. These causes, they think they're beating the system. And then the Chinese buffet will go bankrupt. <laughs> they can't afford it. They, these people, they, you should see how they line up for the spare ribs. You can't even get one. They, they haven't even finished the spare ribs on their plate, and they're up there for another portion. That's right. They, they say they want more. They want more. They don't even eat what they have. And they throw out plates and plates of food. They don't even Did finish you? what's on their plate. Did you go to the buffet with them? Hell no. Are you out of your mind? Because <laughs> I can't even imagine what that no. would have been like. Uh, I used to go to dinner with them enough. I spent 18 years in that house. And every, every <laughs> I think it was Friday night or Sunday night, we'd go. And we'd go to fucking Kentucky Fried Chicken. Before it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. We would go to a place called Vibrox in Freeport, Long Island. They had the original Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe uh -huh. that they bought. It was a it was a powder form. My father loved it, and it was torture. We're going to Vibrox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to look at the menu to see what. What? <laughs> Why do you think the best thing they have there is the chicken? Just order that. <laughs> I want to look at the menu. You know the menu. Why do you need to look at it? We should get in there and order right away. When he comes over, 
Let's grab him and order. <laughs> but I but first torture. You always torture because then the guy would go, "Do you need to see a menu?" My mother would go, "Yes," and my father would turn beet uh. red and his fuck it, he would explode. <laughs> In the car right over, you say to my mother, "I'll tell you the whole menu." <laughs> it's either chicken or coleslaw with chicken, or you could get a a, a, a sandwich. I want to see the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed she stuck to her guns. No, did you have anxiety? Did. Oh. Did, you have did I have anxiety? Before? I would be oh. shitting in my pants. Anxiety? Oh, I was a nervous fucking wreck. And then that's why I walked in and whatever my father ordered, I go, I want the same thing. <laughs> and then you go, who do you want the same thing? Of me or your mother? <laughs> Tell him. And I was like, of you, Dad, of you. What, what you ordered, I want, okay? Yes, of course. Because I get this. I get chicken, three pieces of chicken, french fries, and peas. Oh, my God. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so rigid. Everything's rigid. Oh, my God. Yeah, my parents invented there fat shaming. There are rules to everything. Oh, my God. My parents invented fat shaming. They would sit there. Look at the size of him. <laughs> and why didn't I go to dinner with him? Because as my father got older, he got hard of hearing, and he started talking too fucking loud. Next thing I know, I'm going to be brawling with somebody in the restaurant. Because <laughs> he'd be still saying those things about the other people uh, in the restaurant? Oh, my oh my God. Everything was a night. When you went, I would never go to dinner with my parents after I got out of their fucking house. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We'd go to a place. My father would take me to a place. Lovely place called Scotty's in Rockville Center. It would, I don't think it's there anymore. It was best fucking food. It was so nice. And Scotty was a lovely Scottish gentleman. Uh-huh. Nick, real original. Nickname was Scotty. He was Scotty. <laughs> but he took pride in being Scottish and all that. And my parents would go once. My father had a routine of which restaurants he would go to. Right. And it had to be on a certain night. And we'd go to Scotty's. And it was great. You know, but... My father would do the build-up in the car. Scotty, he drives me crazy. He drives us crazy. He comes over to the table, this Scotty, and he starts telling us stories. I'm not looking for conversation from Scotty. (laughs) He comes over and he starts telling us about Scotland and the restaurant. and He's driving me crazy, nudging me in cop. (laughs) <laughs> he nudges us in cup because he likes to talk he's got he's got a tremendous verbal drive <laughs> he does he has a tremendous verbal drive and he oh talks about the food and he tells us about his children i don't care about his children i don't talk about my children we never mention our children to scotty never he doesn't care showing me pictures of his children i don't want to see his children i never carried a picture of my children yes and and we just want to eat up i like to eat up and go <laughs> we just want to eat they the meal. Go to Scotty's when Scotty drove them crazy. The food is good. It's a good <laughs> restaurant. I just don't want conversation. He, he likes your father and he gets a hold of him. 
I mean, this Imagine is the buildup. Somebody then I liking get, your father. Yeah. And then I get to the restaurant. My father liked no one. And then, and then we get to the <laughs> restaurant. And then I'm sitting there counting the seconds till Scotty comes over the table. And I'm like, oh, no, Scotty, please don't come over to the table. Don't come up. But this poor, nice man, don't come over to the table, Scotty. But they run a great restaurant. You know how hard it is to run a restaurant. Yes. The man was there 24 hours a day. The guy makes great food. Yeah. Oh, and then I see out of the corner of my eye, Scotty's coming. And I see my father building up. He's getting red in his face. He's fucking, he's, 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 uh. he's, he's, he's and my mother's getting anxious. And Scott, you know, top of the mountain, tell you, whatever the fuck is that. <laughs> and, and, and my father's, you know, he's not being rude, but it's like, and then my son, he's off to college. He's going out right there. We'll have the flounder. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we'll get a waiter over to you very soon. Very soon, Mr. Stern. Okay, okay. Thank you for your patronage. Hey, you got a whole speech. I mean, then he, you know, he'd get all aggravated. And then, and then, oh my God. And then when the waiter came over, if I didn't order properly, oh, it was a fucking nightmare. Uh, it does. It sounds horrible. Horrible. I would never. How could you enjoy the food with such anxiety? Oh, oh, I just wanted it to be over. You ordered your salad before. You should order your salad before the entree. Oh, it remains a waiter. If you say, I want the duck, and then you say, I want salad. That's not, when he writes it down, he writes it in order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I we would have driven how... your father crazy last week oh. or a week before I was at dinner with a friend, and they had this duck on the menu, but it was a duck breast and a duck leg. And she didn't want the leg. And so she tells the waiter, oh, is there no, some no, way no, I can get no. rid of that leg? I was like, oh, my goodness, Ben would have blown his tongue. My parents never went to out to dinner with other couples, nothing. They just, you know, it was just them. One time I can remember a relative went with us. One fucking time. One that was time. the end of that. The relative started chatting with the waiter, small talk. <laughs> I thought my father was going to kill him right then and there. Because we got home and I got the lecture and, you know, and, uh, well, my mother would get the lecture. I wasn't allowed to talk. He, you believe this? He said I'm having a whole conversation with with the waiter. Who cares? The waiter doesn't care. Of course he doesn't care. He doesn't oh care. He's asking him questions. What kind of fucking, we're trying to eat. <laughs> I love that there's a then, pre and post discussion about oh, every yeah. meal. It was like, it's like, you know how you analyze a football a game? This is my game, right? Oh, my God. And everybody was wrong and everybody did. The, and I was like, gee, maybe it was kind of nice that they was being kind and, you know, talking. So I said to my father, like, you, you, like I, 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 you're not supposed to talk when my father's yelling. And my mother's agreeing with him. It's their system. And I'd go, gee, is it really so bad to for him to just ask a question? Shut up! You're a moron. You don't even listen when I'm talking. You don't, you interrupt with silly questions. What do you mean? The waiter doesn't care. What is wrong with you? But do you think your mother actually agreed with your father or she was just keeping uh, the peace? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't to know how the anymore. two of them found the, each other with their same. They had the same opinion of everything. I think my mother just knew, you know, because then when I'd interrupt, as you, as you go, I go, "Mom, uh, Dad, don't you think?" Shut up. She go, "What's wrong with you too?" In other words, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> everybody, everybody was nuts in that house. 
And then, uh, except my uh, sister, she knew. She just stayed away. I don't even remember she, seeing her in the house. She wasn't even at these dinners. I think she was at boarding school or something. I don't know where she was. <laughs> I don't know. It was like a. I don't know. And I talk to my mother now. I don't know. I don't know. She goes. I go. Gee, mom, dad never said he loved me or anything. He never told me he loved me. I go. What do you? I go. What do you mean? Dad never said I love you. Never. Wow. Sh- I said you're kidding me. No, nope. I said. What about like when like he proposed? I don't know that he proposed. We just agreed to get married. I, I mean, he didn't. I mean, he never said like I love you. No, he wasn't like that. I mean, who knows what love is anyway? My mother goes. Oh go, my god! Well, I go. How, well, how I is go. That possible? <laughs> he I never go. Well, said I love you. I said, what do you mean? Who knows what love is? Do you love me? Oh yeah, sure. What is that? If you don't know what it is. Jeez. I don't know, man. I'm getting some weird conversations as my mom uh, gets up Mm. there in years. Yes. I think it's the... uh, Well, you know, quite frankly, you are going to hear this because it sounds like she was repressed her whole life. Never got to Mm. actually express her opinion about anything. She had to agree with his. Well, that's why I think, Robin... Why my mother won't leave the bedroom now? Like she just lays in bed all day. Cause I know she could have come out to my place for Thanksgiving, but my theory is she likes being taken care of because she never had that kind of swaddling right. and love and from a mother. Her mother died when she was younger. If she tell me my father never said he loved her. Yeah, but, that's uh, tough. Especially, you know, I mean, they must have known couples who were physically and, and, uh, verbally expressive of their emotions for each other. But I don't know if she's accurate. She's, you know, she's all doped up now. She's, uh, oh. she's, she's high as a kite on, um, painkiller. So <laughs> oh, who knows what she's saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man, but there was some fucking crazy. Did I have anxiety? I still have anxiety. I can't, I, I don't even like leaving I, I, my house. How do you walk into a restaurant? I don't know, man. I don't even know how I'm alive. I don't even know. I'm fucking crazy. Dad would have but anyway, at this place. <laughs> exactly. But getting back oh, to the buffet. God. Getting back yeah. to the buffet. So we sent Wolfie to this buffet in Pennsylvania. Again, the largest in the United States. So I'm talking about fucking craziness. And the people Who he met there in the stories. Distinction, the largest buffet in America. <laughs> well, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Do you really want? I mean, <laughs> you can't imagine I it's fine dining. Back but, to the largest buffet in America uh, to work. Anyway, they were very nice. They let us come in, and um, Wolfie first spoke to a buffet manager. We learned what the most popular items are on the buffet. Here you go. You know, you imagine what's going on in this place. It's like feeding cattle. Um, All right, here you go. How many pounds of bacon do you serve up each day? Uh, Each day, I would say Monday through Friday, it's like probably like 900. And like on Saturday, it would be like 1,800. 1,800 pounds on a Saturday. Yes, yes. That is an amazing amount of bacon. Yeah, that's a lot of pigs. Yeah. What's the most amount of food you've ever seen someone try to steal to take out of the restaurant? So uh, a while ago, somebody lined their um, purse with aluminum foil, and they had a whole bunch of chicken in there. A purse full of chicken. Yes, and a customer actually saw it and let us know. So customers snitch on other customers that are stealing food. Yes, yes, because they think it's stealing. They can't steal. They're not going to let anybody else steal. Yeah, it's the buffet police. 
They're both fame police. <laughs> yeah, they squeal. <laughs> well, your parents would have been great buffet police. Oh, oh, my parents would have. That would have been a job for them. <laughs> my father was retired. It would have been great. My Ooh. grandma used to do that. Halt! Still- halt! In the name of the FCC, I command you to empty your purse of chicken. Drop that purse. My grandma used to steal hard-boiled eggs from restaurants. She would she would put them in her purse and <laughs> walk out the door. Hey, that's nothing. Robin's family used to. What did they used to take out of they there? They tried to take the silverware. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin goes, uh, she, this is a bunch of years ago, many years ago. She says to me, Howard, I am taking my family to a fancy restaurant. I go, Robin, I can't even believe you're talking to them the way they treat you. She goes, you know what? I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm taking them to the fanciest restaurant. I'm going to really try. You know, she was in therapy. Don't ask. These therapists, they get you in big trouble. <laughs> she goes, she goes, she comes back and she gets to me. I'm never taking them again. I go, what do you mean? What happened? She goes, they started emptying the table. Everything. The packets of sugar. The fucking the, the bowl that held the sugar. The fucking forks. The knives. She goes, they were cleaning out the jam jars. Everything was going in the purse. Well, the, you know, it's one thing to see, you know, how they bring those little jams. And you can slip a couple of those into a pocket or a purse. And it doesn't. Right. It but when they started turning over the silverware and going, this is real silver. Yeah. <laughs> And they were looking for a place to put it. I was like, that's it. Yeah, that that was the end. Anyway, um, so how many pounds of a pig, basically? 1,800? Yeah, on a weekend weekend. weekend day, 1,800 pounds. On a Saturday. That's a Saturday, yeah. I don't know where you even put, where do you put the rest of the food when you got to store 1,800 pounds (laughs) of bacon? It's an amazing, I mean, they deserve a medal in terms of how they, you know, do it. The second most popular food item at the buffet is fried chicken. Mm -hmm. They sell 1,200 pounds of fried chicken every day. And uh, there are no customer time limits. The employees say some customers eat for four hours straight. Yeah, they just stay there all day. Yeah, they're like, yeah, like they're beating the system. And that's my father's point. Because he goes, they sit there all day, you know. And so what does it cost to get through the door? So breakfast is $13, all you can eat. But you could start eating breakfast and just stay all day if you wanted to. Uh, wow. <laughs> just live at the buffet. That'd be a good movie. Like people who live at the buffet and eventually they get so big they have to like just wheel them out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get a wheelbarrow yeah. and throw them out the door. Yeah. And people are so dishonest, you know, they 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 you know, they 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 line their pocketbook up so they can sneak some fried chicken out. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're gonna bankrupt the buffet. <laughs> That's planning ahead. Like, they put that in their purse before they got there. That's right, yeah. It's amazing. Sal was telling me his father would stack cases of beer over live lobster in the shopping cart at the supermarket (laughs) so he could get the lobsters for free. And uh, he would say he had a bad back, and then he'd ask the cashier to ring up the beer. And, you know, you must have had, Sal, you must have had a ton of anxiety if your dad was, like, doing that. If you're watching them with the beer with, and stacking at the them up. Out, yeah. It yeah. was so embarrassing, Howard. And you would see the tentacles sticking out of the bottom of the shopping cart. <laughs> did he get caught? Would, no, he never did. But one time when we first did, he would do it always for the 4th of July. We had, we went to this place. I think it was IGA and you could just go into the lobster tank 
with the tongues. And he would line the entire bottom of the shopping cart with the lobster. Then he put the beer on top. And I, I thought we were paying for the lobster as well. I thought it was odd. And we get to the cashier and say, oh, my back is bad. Just ring up these beers. And I go, but dad, and he just stomped on my foot one time. I thought my, <laughs> I, my foot went numb and I knew. And we got in the car and he's just. You know what kind of, you, you know what? I hate, I don't like people who are dishonest. And, and even when I was broke, I never stole. I'm not a, a guy who does that. Right. I, I was always honest. I, I, it drives me crazy when people, I hate when women go to a store, they get themselves a dress for the weekend, and then they return it to the store and yeah. say it didn't fit. You know, yeah. to me, it's like, no, it, there's so much fucking corruption. Well, and then what, what I was about- going to tell you that this, um, I think it was, I'm not going to name the grocery store chain because there was this right. chain that decided to go to a new kind of system where you wouldn't have to go to the checkout counter. You could just scan and put the things in your card and, you know, your, your um card would be charged, right? With whatever you put in the card. If you put it back, it would take it out or whatever. They had to stop the system because there was so much theft. They were just losing money hand over fist. Everybody started stealing. I got a friend like this guy considers himself like a real good citizen, right? He's telling me this story over Thanksgiving. They needed to, uh, a bigger table. He went to the store. He got himself a bigger table. They had uh, the whole meal and everything. Takes it back. Uh, it says, hey, it's no good. It, it doesn't work. Or blah, blah, whatever it is. And it wow. gets a return, gets a full refund. Well, that's a so waste pe- of so time. People treat the store like it's a, a rental company, yeah. except they're getting it for free. And I'm like, well, what do you think's going to happen to that store? They're going to go out of business because they're going to, they're going to eventually, they, everyone does that. It, uh, forget it. Anyway, it's wow, like the wow. people who used to throw things I- at the movie screen. And then when the movie screen shut down, they were like, oh, we lost our movie theater. Man. So how well, you were next- an animal. Next door to our pizza place was a King Cullen. And the um, the uh, stock boys used to come in for pizza. One time, they used to have back in the day these little guns. They were label-making guns. You could adjust the numbers. And then remember, there was a white little label. You would see them on cans and, and boxes. Yeah. So this guy came in, and he left his label gun in the pizza place on the counter. My father took it, went to King Cullen, and use the label maker. He started putting the labels on the food. He changed the labels. He changed the labels. Wow. Oh. Yeah. He, he cha- and then there was another time where a lady was in front of him, and uh, she was bagging her groceries, and she forgot three steaks at the cashier at the end, you know, where the bags are. The lady's walking out, and the cashier goes, Miss, miss, you forgot your steaks. And my dad goes, oh, no, that's my wife. I'll, I'll take care of it. My dad uh, took her steaks. Ay, ay, ay. Can you imagine yeah. that, and your then father? My mother said, I hope there's a camera in there, and I hope when you go back, they arrest you. And he goes, well, if there's a camera there, the lady will go back and say she forgot her steaks, which gave my father a good idea. He went back, and he went up to the office with three cans of hairspray and said he forgot it at the cashier counter. So not only did he get free steaks, he actually went back with this idea and stole wow. three cans of hairspray. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Cliff, you're on the air. What's up? Hey, now. Hey, now. You know, my father used to hey go now. into the grocery store. My dad used to go into the grocery store my sister worked at and stuff filet mignon down his pants and steal it. <laughs> Nothing like eating a nice filet mignon that's been yeah, down that's your dad's balls. By his balls, right? Hey, balls. Yep. Smelly balls. balls. Oh, wow, that's fucked up. Anyway, let me get back to the buffet. 
Although, hey, Sal, I'll bet your dad didn't like it when people would scam him out of free pizza. But his pizza. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, he was horrible with that pizza. Howard, if there was two slices of pizza left at 11 o'clock at night, he would put it in the fridge. And he'd and when people came in in the morning, depending on how they look, like if somebody looked mentally challenged, my dad sold them the shitty pizza. Right. Mm. <laughs> He's a businessman. That's <laughs> yeah. why the world is working uh, so well. All yeah. of this anyway, is going on. Getting back to the buffet, though. That Wolfie was at. One employee shared a memorable experience with a buffet customer. Here we go. Back at the buffet in Pennsylvania. What is the most unhygienic thing you've ever seen one of the customers here do? Throw up and go back to eat. So someone was eating, vomited, and then continued to eat. Yep. They caught their food on their plate. They emptied their plate, and then they went back and started eating again. I almost want to get a job at the buffet just to just to Wolfie watch told me, this. <laughs> yeah, because like one employee told Wolfie that she's seen plates stacked with food eight inches high. In other words, like the, the people have to balance the food on the plate in, in order to like get back to the table. Why don't they but just they go up for They can come back. Yeah, they can. Yeah, go but back. they don't want to. They don't want to go online again. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to deal. So they, they, uh. they just load up. Yeah, some of these people don't look like they can walk very far, so I think they get as much on the plate in one walk as possible. Then if they have to yeah. go back later, they will. Don't you think, though, I know you can sit there all day, but once you vomit, shouldn't that disqualify you? Like, you should go home from the buffet. Yeah, shouldn't I they mean, put up a no vomiting sign or you have to leave? <laughs> they they explained it. They call it making room. So they make room by vomiting, then they can just keep eating more. <laughs> yeah. Some of the customers... Eat their meals in reverse order. They start with dessert and then end with salad so they don't get full before <laughs> eating the sweets, right? Is that was that one of the moves? That That is correct. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Wolfie spoke to a blind customer who said his heightened sense of smell is an issue at buffets. What do you think is huh? the biggest faux pas at a buffet? Kind of, I guess, uh, the belching and farting. Have you heard people fart at a buffet? Yeah. So people just rip farts loudly in buffets. I've been to a couple that have, yeah. What does it smell like at a buffet when someone's sitting there farting? Uh, it's kind of hard because you get you get the normal fart smell, but you also have uh, the food smell because I, I'm close to the food because of the blindness. So I guess that kind of over, uh, overtakes the fart smell. Because you're blind, do you have an enhanced sense of smell? Yeah. So the shit fart smell is even stronger to you. Yes. You're, you're like Poor daredevil. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the other big complaint at the buffet, Wolfie told me, was line skipping when uh, it's a real oh, big complaint, Oh, you got to get right? that food faster. Well, <laughs> how do you feel if you're at the uh, big buffet and then people jump ahead of you in line and they get that shrimp or that fresh spare rib or, right? I mean, that's the complaint. There's a lot of shenanigans that go on. Do fights break out? Did yeah, Wolfie freeze? Wolfie. Oh, dear. Yeah, Wolfie froze. Hmm. Anyway, I'll go on. Maybe Wolfie yeah. will rejoin us. The next guy, uh, that's the blind guy, but the next guy didn't let his severe medical issues slow him down for a second. He gave a rundown of the food he stacked on his plate because Wolfie was telling me a lot of the customers look like hospital patients. <laughs> like, um, he saw a lot of wheelchairs. They're wearing their gowns. And yeah, name, he's, uh, yeah, label. he says it, he says like hospital patients on a field trip. He said his, uh, wheelchairs, <laughs> medical walkers, compression socks were a big thing at the buffet. Uh, hey, Wolfie, you're back. Hey, now. Hey. Um, but this next guy, he, um, he gave a rundown of the food stacked on his plate and he looked like he had severe medical issues. Here we go. 
I noticed that you're hooked up to a medical device. What is that? That's um, my problem is the, the lung. You know, the emphysema, fibrosis, fibrosis pulmonal, you know, that one. That's my, my problem for my brain. Describe the items on your plate. I got the bacon, egg, um, um, waffle, sausage, um, must, uh, mushroom, fresh stove, tomato, waffle, pancake, egg, French stove. So you had pancakes, waffles, and French toast on your plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything together on the plate. That's a lot of carbs. Yeah, yeah. And that, but that's okay. I like it. That one for it's it's coming for one time, you know. Yeah, he only makes one trip, though. You see. <laughs> I was going to say, is he running after this? Is this carb loading for a marathon? Yeah. <laughs> this guy wasn't running. Boy, my, you see, that's why I I never went. My my parents would be brutal. I went to. Uh, <laughs> We went, when I was a little kid, they took me up to my sister's uh, college. She went to a, a college up there. They, it was all girls, and it was like a beautiful uh, food there because girls, you know, they, they're they not like guys. They don't just eat like pigs. So they had nice food. And I remember we were online. It was kind of buffet style. And I remember I took my father was watching me, and he saw me. He had nothing but disdain. I, I got toast and pancakes. <laughs> oh, fuck, did he go berserk. What are you doing? What did I do wrong? You're going to have toast and pancakes. That's the same thing. That's, you don't have blood and the pancakes is blood. Pancakes are bread. That's what I said, you dummy. <laughs> uh, you, you look, you look, and I remember he, like, I, I, he shamed me into not eating the bread because pancakes, you know. That was enough. Well, he did have a point there. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Fucking break. How many times but do I get with bread? Your, you know, being a kid with all that growth hormone, you could handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That's said to the him, time Dad, to eat like that. Dad, I'm a kid. I got growth hormone. I can handle it. <laughs> you don't have anything. What growth hormone? Are you a doctor? <laughs> he's no doctor. I don't know what he's talking about. Um. So Wolfie's that last guy who was having uh, egg and waffle and pancake and toast. You said he looked like um, Guillermo from the Jimmy Kimmel show, except like bigger, right? Yeah, very unhealthy yeah. looking for sure. Mm. According to Feeding America, 108 billion pounds of food is wasted in the U.S. every year. That's 130 billion meals and over 408 billion dollars in food thrown away each year. Nearly 40 percent of all food in America is wasted. It's so fucked up, but what are you going to do? Is um, it wasteful when you eat it and then throw it up? Do they consider yeah. that, too? Uh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this next guy at the buffet is a true buffet veteran. He's eaten, seen, and smelled it all. This guy, mm. this guy knows everything. What's your personal record for number of plates when eating at a buffet? Uh, wow. Uh, probably eight. Eight plates? Yeah. Describe the look of a typical buffet shit. Uh, I try not to stare, but uh, they're usually very healthy. Um, you know, I was actually in the bathroom and I heard some things that I just didn't want to hear when I went to get out of there pretty quickly because God knows how it would smell. So people actually come to the buffet, eat, go into the bathroom and shit and go back and eat some more? I think they're true professionals. Yeah, wow. and speaking of which, uh, Wolfie's a true professional. If, uh, Wolfie fans out there should really know. He, he, next, he went above and beyond. I mean, 
Uh, how bad is a buffet bathroom? Wolf, Wolfie embedded himself in a bathroom for two hours at the buffet. Oh, no. <laughs> Here, get ready. These are actual sounds from inside one of the bathroom stalls. This is not made up. This is not doctored in any way. Wolfie, this am I was telling the truth? actual buffet yeah. bathroom sound. Yeah, that yeah right. Is, that, I, that is correct. Real deal. Uh, what did you do? You sat in one of the stalls for like an hour or two and just recorded? Yeah, one, so when I got there, I took a leak. And then I heard sounds. I was like, oh, man, that's amazing. And then that guy just said the same thing. Like He's like, you're not going to believe the sounds in there. I'm like, I, I have to document this. Boy, awesome. Here we go. How do you document it, though? Do you just yeah, stand there you, with the microphone? Are or Are you hidden? I just I just sat in a stall. And, and honestly, the hardest part, like, it smelled really bad. But the hardest part is just not laughing. Like, when you hear these sounds, <laughs> I just, like, I had to keep my composure and not break out laughing. Uh, here it is. This is exclusive tape inside the buffet bathroom. HBO wants to put this on. Uh, we, uh, what's so great about it is when you think about the reality. <laughs> you okay, we'll see. <laughs> he lived through it. That's, that's that's PTSD. You're looking at yeah. right there. Are you crying or laughing? I'm, I'm crying. I mean, they were. I didn't. I didn't record all. Of, there were people that would. They would come in and they were watching movies on their iPhone, sitting in that bathroom. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> You know what's crazy? And I know that's like condensed, but the point is, it's a lot of farting and shitting going on, right? I mean, because they're was eating like... Was there a lot of hand washing? Because that was not part of I the didn't hear thing. any of that. I didn't hear any sounds of water running. It was fun. Uh, I'd see a big guy walking towards that bathroom. I'm like, I got to follow that guy in. <laughs> just, I just hope hope that he did something. And that most did not disappoint. It's like, uh, it's, it's it, you know what I noticed? Like I heard on the tape there, some I, I do this too. It's like, hear that guy who goes, <clears throat> right, like, yeah. They're trying to drown out the sound of this shit hitting the <laughs> fucking water. Ah, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, God. And so the the philosophy at the buffet is eat eighteen hundred pounds of fucking bacon and then empty and shit out and get it all out and then they go right. Do you did you follow any of them? Do they go right back up to the buffet after they're done? The there was not a single person that shit and 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 walked out of the building. They just went right back to their table and, and just kept eating. Right. Wow. Right. Good work. I mean, you really observed the buffet. You really got an inside look. Um, let's see what else I got here. Oh, this is good interview too. This is. This, I feel bad for this guy. The the poor soul who has to clean the bathroom at the end of the day. Wolfie got an exclusive. <laughs> we were the only media covering this. Uh, we got an exclusive with the janitor. Ladies and gentlemen, a Howard Stern exclusive. Here we go, the janitor from the buffet. What's the biggest mess you've ever had to clean up in there? Well, uh, 
Somebody already pooped on the floor. So someone ate so much at the buffet, they went to the bathroom and pooped on the floor? Yeah, it happened already. When someone tends to overeat at a buffet and then immediately use your bathroom, do you ever see things like diarrhea spray on the walls? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Does it bum you out when you see that? Yeah, kind of, but it's, you know, hey, when I'm on housekeeping, part of my job is clean, keeping restrooms clean, so, yeah. What advice would you give to someone using the buffet bathroom to be more hygienic? Well, well, when you're eating here, you know, don't don't eat yourself sick. I mean, yes, we, we have an all-you-can-eat buffet, and yes, we have reasonable prices, but, yeah, don't eat yourself sick. That's all I would say. Because when someone overeats and shits everywhere, it's the janitor that pays for it. Well, yeah, yeah. Give this guy a raise, I mean, or the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I mean, my God, he sounded... Yeah, these people are doing a service to the country as well. Good guy. There's the kind of guy you should date. That's a hardworking man who doesn't complain. I mean, he sounded like a defeated Kermit the Frog down on the block. I mean, you're, you're asking me to be there for this defeated man at the end of every day. I mean, a lot of guys come in here and shit, but it is my job to clean What's it up. What's the biggest mess you've ever had to clean up in there? Well, uh, well somebody already know. pooped on the floor. There's some guy, some asshole came in here and pooped on the floor. I gotta tell Don't you. Don't eat yourself, stick. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that dude Put him on the cover of Time Magazine. That's my man of the year. What a good dude. Well, anyway, Wolfie, again, a, a worldwide exclusive. Wolfie going undercover, much at his own risk. Uh, sat a couple of hours in the bathroom to get the best shitting. Did you uh, pull tape. your feet up so they couldn't see that there was anybody in the stall? Or did you Of course he like did. I, you I didn't get Don't you far. insult him, Robin. <laughs> this man is an, an investigative reporter. <laughs> I mean, Don't question wow. my methods, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Why should someone poop on the floor, though? What's the thought process there? Like, are they so full of bacon? I don't that know. They... Was the, were, were all the stalls full and they it was an urgent situation? Well, I, I remember, like, the wing bowl bathroom attendants, they said the same thing. Like, sometimes people are just in such a hurry that they don't. Like actually sit down, they just pull their pants down and just spray. They they uh, don't care about getting it in the bowl. I, I think that's part of it. Good morning. Anyway, uh Well Thanks, Wolfie. Enjoy the next buffet, folks. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Well done, Wolfie. All right. Uh well, hey, we got another show tomorrow. We'll pick up where we left off. We got lots to get to, and we will get to it.